my mind was my mind was kind of spaced out. I bet, dude, the tiredness will do that. But um, here we are, dude. Like, yes, again, thanks so much for coming by. This is going to be thanks, a yeah. rabbit hole, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love, I love this stuff, man. I'm really glad you do this. I like that you're into it and whatnot. We need more people in our generation kind of just Open conversation. Having open conversations about things, yeah. You ever, uh, you're a Rick and Morty fan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you have to be. I had to ask, though. But, like, it reminds me because of that whole interdimensional cable thing that they do. Right. To me, like, podcast is, like, the the beginnings of that. Like, I think it's just going to eventually morph into TV and entertainment. It's just going to be, like, this individual pockets of people just, it's not, like, centralized. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's ultimately, I mean, we're kind of seeing it now as everything is transitioning to, like, streaming platforms uh-huh. and online platforms. You know, t- people are moving away from TVs. First it was transitioning from like newspapers and magazines and radio to now into tvs and then and now it's into the internet yeah like uh there's um you watch much news and stuff i try not to yeah i, I yeah. don't really either but these these two guys i like uh well uh, it's a man and a woman uh cigar and oh gosh i forget her name they're gonna kill me but um these two like really independent newscast reporters rogan's had them on before and um it's just super independent non um no CNN, no Fox News, no nothing. And I think they were with The Hill, some organization. Now they just recently, like this week, went, they're going to go totally independent. But it just seems like everything is really going that route these days because it's so easy for people to get their message out these days. It's not, you don't, you don't network. You don't need millions of dollars for a studio. You can do it on your phone. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have one of those. I got yeah. a Jordan Peterson, actually. I, I think he tried it for a second. I don't think it does it anymore. Nah, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's one of those just like uh, vines. You know oh, what I mean? yeah, I remember it's like vines. short clips like here, here, whatnot, entertainment. It's not designed for... Conversations. Conversation for thought for... It's... it's yeah, how do you, compl- how do you fit uh, a true, like, complete thought in a tweet? You can't. You know the only I mean? thoughts on there are... T-H-O-T. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. But it's a, it's a, it's a tool, though, you know what I mean? It's, it it's is, a message it board. It's a, it's a medium in which you're able to convey thoughts because, after all, Facebook asks what's on your mind, right? I don't want to tell you Facebook, but I'll write it over on this blog here yeah. or something like that, or I'll put it on YouTube, mm-hmm. or I'll make, uh, make my own video and whatever, right? Because it, you can. You can literally – anybody can make a website. Yeah, it's true. You know? It's it's all that stuff is easier to do nowadays, which always has me thinking a couple things because um technology or really any endeavor, craft, domain tends to go in that direction as just technology improves, things are easier to do. When DVD players first came out, very few people had them. Now those are ancient, like nobody has a DVD player. Yeah. And um like even even this podcast setup was even 7 8 years ago would have been a lot more difficult to do um and now it's like a lot easier and again you don't even you don't even need this you could just use your cell phones now so it what it tends to do is unfortunately it dilutes it saturates the market because now everybody can do it and everybody thinks they're a star yeah um not that i think i'm a star or anything but you know there's a some there's something to say about having a barrier of entry really um is a bit of quality control yeah so right? the i mean the internet again is the the ultimate kind of uh tool that we have because it allows for that dissemination of 
a massive amount of information from yeah, anybody. So but the problem with that is that everybody. you every yeah, everybody can say whatever they want. And so we can often use our reason to continue believing in things that we already believe, right? So I can find a reasonable, uh, like if I wanted to go take the steps in terms of the actions to go walk out into the freeway, right? Yeah. I could find the reasonable steps of, okay, well, I got to go get up and walk over down the street, walk, take a left here, the freeway's south, okay, I got to go that way. I can find the reasonable um, logical steps to mm -hmm. accomplish that goal, mm -hmm. regardless of how irrational that goal may be. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's like, <laughs> not to like jump to an extreme here, <laughs> but um, Hitler... <laughs> a very irrational right, right, outcome, right, right, but in his mind, perfectly reasonable. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that that kind of shit, right? Uh -huh. Where it's like reason is not the ultimate truth. There, you can't use reason I, I to find the ultimate truth because like, it, we it, can use our reason to continue itself. believing in what we believe, and we can right. feed into this sick cycle. Yes, you know absolutely. what I mean, and so it. You, at some point, you have to adjust the kind of reasoning that you're kind of approaching with, and this is more or less kind of a fallout of um, enlightenment. Uh, oh yeah, you know, because enlightenment is really where that whole reasoning aspect came from. In terms of, we can use our reason and science to understand human nature. Yes, you know, and so we ran with that idea, and at the same time, it that um, this is a hot word now, liberal, right? Yeah, what does is. that word mean, though? Mm -hmm. um, and so this word liberal, liberalism, originates around this same time, too. Oh, really? Interesting. Um, around the Enlightenment. Because the idea behind liberalism is just individual rights. You know, we no longer want to listen to our king. We no yeah. longer want to just obey King George, because fuck King George. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, we want to do our own thing. We want individual rights. We want human natural rights. So you're talking about, like, the European Enlightenment. Yeah, well, okay. that's what that uh, that same time period, and that's okay. that 1700s, right. yeah, yeah. where those ideas were being developed, and reason and science was gaining ground and stuff like that. Yes. Individual rights led into the American Revolution, yeah, led into the French yeah. Revolution, and now we have this independent individual freedom from the sovereign over here, right? right? Wow. And so that is the idea behind liberalism: is that we're li more or less liberating ourselves from this rule or this authoritarian control. Interesting. Right. And so when you think of it like that, conservatives are also very liberal. Of course. They're right. probably more liberal than liberals. Right. Exactly. <laughs> because they nowadays liberals are liberals are more or less nowadays like everybody be nice to each other, everybody this, everybody that. We're group trying to think. generalize. Yeah. yeah. They're no longer the individual, they're trying to group think. Uh -huh. And so the tables have more or less flipped and it's like let's take a step back and kind of really look at what this originally was. Uh -huh. And is that still an applicable thing? Because in order to live in society, you kind of have to give up a little bit of your individuality. Yeah, of course, the persona. You got to have a bit of a mask on. Well, it, it, if I I can't be a hundred percent individual because I can't provide a hundred percent for myself. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I have to work with you in order to yes, eat. Yes, right, exactly. I have to work with this person in order to eat. Mm -hmm. I have to work with them in order to get tasks done. And I can't run around naked in the streets like a crazy person. Right, right. <laughs> you know what yes, I mean? Right. So if I want to play the society game. Yeah, I, I have to kind of give up a little bit of that, you know, primal nature or whatever to where I just really only care about food, sex, and sleep. Yes. And I have to kind of 
mediate or control myself or, you know, listen to the controlling, impacting boundaries that our society more or less tries to put on us in order to get us to conform or whatever you want to call it, right? In order to fit into society, to exist in society. So it's, you have a necessary evil, so to speak, uh -huh. because you do have to kind of give in to that. You do. You have to. If you want to play the game. If you, if you want to play the game. And I mean, honestly, are you going to go live out in the woods by yourself? Yeah, do you really want to? Because that's the only to? option. Do you really want to? Yeah, really, I, for the most part. You, that's it. If you want to survive in society, you're always going to need to go to the market to get food. Without the people working at the market or the people farming that food, you don't eat. Exactly. You know what I mean? We're not, <laughs> we're not going around hunting and gathering anymore. They said uh, there's this famous Japanese quote. Um, well, everything you're saying reminded me of. It's, uh, they say, like, everybody has. Have you ever heard about this? It's everybody has three faces. That one? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's the face you show to the world, and then you have the face you show only to your loved ones, and then you have the face you don't show anybody, and that's like your truest. The one in the mirror, more or uh -huh, less. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you're right. You know, I think sometimes that supreme, I want to go off to the Himalayas and become a, an, an ascetic or live in the woods, or even something as more relatable as maybe just becoming a priest or something at, at a local church. I, I think it's often underestimated how monumental of a commitment that is, because what you're essentially saying is I'm not playing the society game anymore. I'm, and what the, my, the yogis or Indians would say is you're, you're, no, you're no longer the role of a householder. You're, you're, you take vows to chastity, you take vows to poverty and so there's no need to work. There's no need to ascend in this worldly pursuit. You are solely, yeah. you know, and, and that's why I think sometimes these priests touch kids because they really weren't ready for it. <laughs> I think yeah, so. It could, could be, could be. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously they, they got some juice in there still. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they got something in there, yeah. something a little messed up. But, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, no, you're, you're right. You can do that. You 100% can, more or less, but you would have to kind of live that ascetic life of a monk. And 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 there's nothing wrong with that. There is. That's the thing. But 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 how many people can really, you know, right? Really, so, really, really do that. Yeah. So I was I watched uh, I rewatched The Matrix last night just oh, great. because yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. Um, it's it's one of those things where they in that in the in that movie they talk about how. You know, you can unplug people from the Matrix uh -huh. and get them out and set them free and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I use quotes on purpose because are they really free? Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, they don't just go around unplugging people. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you can't just, like, snap someone's reality in half and right. expect them to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Neil puked it, when they did that to him. Right, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and I imagine a lot of them, actually have mental breaks and probably don't recover because that ultimately is what it is is that yeah. we um we're kind of thrown into society you know what i mean you're you're born and I you're more all the time you're more or less <laughs> a clean slate right like yeah, when, yeah. when there's more like a uh, kind of an identity crisis in the world nowadays right like what what is it because we still haven't answered that question what does it mean to be human yeah. you know what is human nature and right. all that stuff we don't really know who we are uh we have this fragmentation of our identity uh, but at the same time, we think that our identity should be something that is a static kind of unchanging thing that we carry with us. Some of us do. 
some of us think of it more of uh, we are becoming this individual. And so there's this idea yeah, of, of right. being someone right. Interesting. and that you are that person for your whole life. And then there's the idea of becoming someone where you don't really know who you are when you start. When you think about it, a, a, a child, if you ask a kid, what do you identify as? Like, I don't know. My name's Josh. That's, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. That's it. They don't yeah. have an identity when they're born, more or less. They're not, they're, they're existing and they're, they're being, right? right? But they are growing. They're still finding out. They're becoming who they are. And that's more or less a lifelong thing. Because yes. if you look at the reverse and the being aspect of it, and if you treat it as a stationary thing, I'm going to be this, well, what happens once you do that? Once you achieve that, are you going to stop? Right. Does life stop once you achieve the goal? Right. Or is there just another goal that you could put after that? I think, you know, Jordan Peterson talks about that a lot. And the pursuit of the adoption of responsibilities will often what pretty much gives meaning to life is some type of goal you're trying to get to and what people find. And I've found this many times myself, I'm sure you have, is once you finally get that thing, you're just, you want to go on to the next thing. It's not, ah, I'm done. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. And so it's like uh, in the Matrix when Neo first goes to see the Oracle, yeah. right? She's like, "You're not the one. Right. Um, you're waiting for something. You know, maybe a next life, right?" And so he he walks away from that thinking, you know, and Morpheus is wrong, right? Uh, but then she also says, "You know, you're gonna have to make a choice. You gotta save Morpheus or not save Morpheus, right?" And so when that time comes, and he has to make that choice of am I going to go plug back into the matrix and fight these agents and break into this to save Morpheus? If he was in that moment and he already believed that he was the one, he wouldn't uh -huh. have done it. He'd be like, I'm already the one. She already said I'm the one. Morpheus isn't needed anymore. Interesting. I never looked at it. In the That's act really of good. going back and saving Morpheus, he became the one. Right. That's really interesting. And again, I just look at that as Rick. He, he took on a responsibility. And in a sense, he was maybe you could say aware of his mortality and that I think that because yeah. when you were saying all that stuff about you know why kids don't have an identity I think of a very pivotal moment in my life where um never forget I was just sitting there in my bathroom on like the like flossing my teeth I was on the on the countertop and I looked in the mirror and I just suddenly had this flash of oh this is all finite <laughs> yeah and I was like holy shit and it really rocked me like yeah. I finally had that moment of oh this isn't going to be forever and Something about because kids don't really think about that usually. They're just kind of doing their thing, having fun. They're just happy to go to Chuck E. Cheese on a Friday and play their video games. But it's, I think the second you realize, you kind of have that ugly existential. Right. So that's the thing is that it's it's not necessarily that kids don't think about it. Hmm. Everybody, sure, literally everybody. That's why it's called the human condition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's what it is. You you but you face the finiteness of life. Yeah. You know what I mean? We we kind of go along and then we encounter things and we're like, oh man, it's going to end one day. And mm -hmm. you, got, you grapple with that. And yeah. There's the psychological aspect of it, at what age does it happen and how you handle it will mm -hmm. affect how, you know, affects you, right? Or affects your mind. Um, but it's, it's not something that only, I guess, it's, Okay, so it's something that is we don't talk about, right? We, when you bring up death, yeah. it's not really a cheerful conversation. Right. People aren't necessarily excited to talk about mm -hmm. it. But 
it's just as much a part of life yeah. as life is, right? Yeah. And it's something that all of us have come encountered with, especially nowadays with all the things that we can see on television. Mm. Like you can literally just see death <laughs> on TV. That's what the news you know what I mean? Is. Yeah. And so it's it's one of these things that all of us are aware of, but all of us are just as afraid to talk about. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so when you're a kid <laughs> and you encounter that, and you feel that fear, and then you look around, and you're like, well, no one else is talking about it. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to stuff it in the corner over right, here, right, and I'm going right. to forget it's never going right. to happen, and then I'm going right. to be afraid of death my whole life. Right, right. Because right. it comes for all of us, mm -hmm. but, you know, it, if, if anything is to be believed about the process of it, your life flashes before your eyes, and you see a light. That doesn't sound very scary. <laughs> from a subjective perspective, you yeah. know what I mean? From our from our perspective, when we see someone die, it's sad to us because they are gone from our perspective, from mm -hmm. an objective perspective. Yeah. But from that person's internal subjectivity, what happens? It, right, exactly. What are and that's always the thing, like what are they feeling in yeah. that moment? Did I, did I talk about this last time? Those uh those I think I did, those couple of dreams I had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. um the one of the shorter ones because that was the most significant one that's related to like the light but i was uh I f actually i may not have described this one I, I don't think i did actually it was uh, maybe i was like this uh floating ball of consciousness i was and i was and i was in this what seemed like a a library a very grandiose library and it felt like this what i was at some place which really felt like the pinnacle of like knowledge and reason is what it felt like and and it looked grand too. There were like tall bookcases and, and large like stairwells and stuff. And then I wasn't directing my path. I was just kind of floating around. And then suddenly I kind of started getting pulled in one direction. And did I talk about this one? No. So I didn't think so, right? So then um, in these, these two large doors open. And then behind that was this large red staircase with like red carpet. And, it, and, and I was getting sucked up into it and big light at the end. And but this was similar to one of the other ones I talked about, where as in this is so similar in a few dreams I've had that are like this, that the it's like I start ex not just speeding up, not just I'm going fast, but I'm accelerating towards it. And as I get closer, it feels like it's too much electricity that I can't handle. Yeah. And I'm like, it's too much. I can't take it. And then the dream ends. Is this lion's mane? No, this oh, was before this is, that. Okay, all right. But that stuff oh. started to happen to more with the lion's yeah. mane. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know, man. You seem to have very vivid dreams. Pulling, yeah. I mean, like pulled into the light. That's pretty powerful, yeah. That's the the pulled into the light has happened to me several times. And then yeah. you woke up. It always happens. It the, the, the and the the idea every time is it's too strong. I can't take so much light yet. Yeah. And um, you ever heard of Yogananda, that guy? Oh yeah. Okay, so um, my martial arts instructor gave me um audio autobiography of a yogi on, on cassette actually many years ago he had an old copy of it and i had this old corolla that i could play cassettes and i listened to the whole thing i listened to the whole thing several times like three times and um um when i was a season actually in that 2010 2011 era that was all into that yogananda stuff and yeah. he was there was this have you read autobiography of a yogi though yeah so okay so you may remember one of the stories of uh he went off to the Himalayas. He wanted to find a different master to like, okay, you teach me enlightenment. You, you, I want to be, I want to sit in the Himalayas with you. I want to find a cave. And one of the masters goes, uh, um, young yogi, if I gave you the cosmic experience right now, your body would burn as though it was being lit by a thousand suns or something like that. Right. And I'm like, that's kind of what I felt like. This is too much light for me right now. Right. And so that's why 
you don't sit a kid down when they're four years old and tell them about the scary things in life. Right. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Because it is too much knowledge at some point. That's what causes that that kind of mental break where, you know, if you unjack someone who's not ready, <laughs> you know, they're gonna they're gonna probably snap. That um, because if, if 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 even if it's with the intent of this is truth, it's good. Yeah. Well it's it's yeah, it, it more or less is um it's not something that can just be mm-hmm. pumped in, but it can be trickled in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you be. can teach a kid about, um, let's say a aspect of nature mm-hmm. and show kind of the creation, preservation, destruction process, and then leave it at that. Right. And then years go by and you kind of just develop and build on that idea. Yes. You know? And so, or you can say like, um, oh man, <laughs> you know, quantum decoherence is really affecting people's minds nowadays, and is sometimes it? thoughts can just pop out <laughs> and disappear. <laughs> I know, right? Um, well, kind of to that note, um, what was I going to say? It oh, the amount of knowledge. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Go the ahead. amount of the amount of knowledge, the amount of information that a, a person can. Uh, take in or digest does have a kind of a physical limit too um because information is energy right energy is information uh and ultimately we are beings of or processes of time right and over time the energy flows but if we try to pump too much energy Mm. in too short amount of time things can go wrong muscles tear you know what i mean if you try to lift too much weight Right. Or something like that. Or same thing with your brain. If you try to digest too much information, like if you're in a quarter system and you're pumping information into your brain because you're taking 20 units, your brain's going to snap and you're not going to remember any of it. And then you're going to hate your life. (laughs) You're going to feel crazy. So interesting. (laughs) You just made that parallel between so many different like uh, like paradigms, basically physical, mental. It's all connected. And it's it's all just a flow system. Alan Watts says something similar. He's like, we're just uh like food tubes. Uh, you think about it, it comes I, in we're, we're one, one and giant out the other. tube. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's just this big flow system. Yeah. That's it. That's all we do. Yeah, from the mouth to the to the butt, dude, yeah. just one giant food tube. That's all we do. We metabolize. Yeah. But at the same time, we uh, we we reason. We find the cause of that metabolism. But that's the difference, though. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah. and they say like one of the. I mean, what really is the difference between a pack of wolves and us, or even rather intelligent animals, is and from what I've read and all the you know videos I've watched, it's they'd say it's it's culture. Do does a pack of wolves have a culture? Do they have rituals? Do they have song? Do they have dance? Do they have dress? Do they have customs? Right. I mean, that might be one uh, fundamental difference. <laughs> I mean, it, they have unspoken animal cultures. I guess you know what I mean. Like yeah. there's there's always like even tribes of chimps. It's you can consider a culture. Yeah, I really guess it depends on you what know. you define to be as culture. Right, and that this this kind of goes into like how are we even defining these words? You know, we use words to define words that in themselves have definitions that are. Oh, I've by gone down words. that rabbit hole, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a cyclical loop. It's to <laughs> me to me it started with uh, the only reason I really didn't take woodworking far was because I just I didn't have the space or the money to get all the machinery to take it as far as I wanted to. So to me, it's like. When I have that, I'll, I'll, this will all make sense in a second, but um, <laughs> um, I'll do it one day. But you start, you know, you're probably familiar with this with all the mechanical, when you did all the mechanical engineering courses, is uh, 
laboratories and calibration devices and, uh, yeah. and straight edges and um, uh, surface plates and micrometers. And to me, I was like, okay, so they use a device to calibrate this, this metal tri-square. So then what's the device that calibrates that? And yeah. what's the device that calibrates that? And what calibrates an autocollimator? And to me, at some point, I'm like, you have to use the bare bones physics of the universe to measure something as a datum because like what's the reference of the reference of the reference and like the other rabbit hole I went down with that and you'll probably know a lot about this is uh you know so you see you see something on a computer screen and that's just a representation of a representation of a representation <laughs> yeah. and like you type in some HTML code yeah, oh this is recursion. Th yeah. th this is the bare bones essence like bracket br slash but then what's causing that code to work? The assembly and, code and the zeros and ones and then the yeah and I guess from what to my knowledge is it's Zeros and ones are just voltages of on yeah. and off or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So in in a transistor, it more or less is like if you have, uh, usually I think it's like zero volts is off and then five volts is on, for instance, in a simple model. Oh. Um, and so it's like if you have a zero volts, you're at zero. If you have five volts, you're a one. I see. Yeah, and so. And even on, that, off, though, on, off, what on, does off. one mean to the universe? Right. <laughs> what does zero mean? Yeah, so what, what is, I mean, what is the meaning of, of math and what is the, the meaning of numbers and stuff like that, right? That's, I mean, you could go back to Pythagoras for that. Or just pi. In terms of the, yeah. And I so math math is actually a uh, pretty good representation of the chaos, I guess, we kind of see because math is very rational. Uh -huh. It's very logical. Mm -hmm. But without core irrational numbers yeah you wouldn't have very many inter interesting things from math to be right. honest with you without yeah, like all e, the constants e i pi yeah those three <laughs> yeah. constants build pretty much every right. other concept in math right right but they're irrational infinite non-repeating numbers that's a really good way to look at it except for i which is just the square root of negative one which mm -hmm. is ultimately imaginary right so right. maybe th we use that to understand our own imagination Oftentimes, we use it in electronic in circuits, physics yeah. and circuits and frequency domain and stuff like that, mm -hmm. where then you're talking about real and imaginary domains. And what's the difference when you're analyzing a real and imaginary plane in a mathematical sense of a circuit versus applying that same concept to the mind? What's real in your mind and what's imaginary mm -hmm. in your mind? Yeah, yeah. You know, and so this whole idea of math can be very much bridged out and as the what i have more or less deemed is like the universal language right because it's has it, to be i understand a lot of ancient greek <laughs> because of math right oh, wow. you can you if you just say like rho rho is r yeah right uh -huh. and so gamma g delta d oh, okay yeah right right right, right. Uh -huh. and you just piece it together and you just start to slowly like syllable it out and you're like uh, maybe and it's a shot in the dark but you can get pretty close an idea yeah and an idea and then if you you know download an app or something like that that allows you to learn languages like i've looked at uh, uh russian right russian yeah. actually uses a, lo a lot of greek letters really yeah oh wow and so I I'm like, just a bunch oh, of backward this. letters well it, it, it is and it isn't yeah <laughs> but it's it's a, it's a, it's really interesting because it, all of that area is so connected together that the languages overlapped uh -huh. And the linguistics yeah, developed, right, right? Right, right? And so you have bits and pieces of all of these different languages, but at the same time are very fundamentally the same alphabet in a sense. Right, that's very interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. It's it's uh, when we speaking of you know culture, right? When you take a step back <laughs> yeah. and you look at all the different cultures of the world, no culture developed in isolation. 
Right. Every uh-huh. culture interacted with each other. Even China, the ones that were like, we are the isolationists. Right, right. How, yes and how, no. How could you? Because uh, yeah, you can't claim to be an isolationist, but then like try to take over areas. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know yeah, what right. I mean? Like, like we're, we're an like, isolationist. Give me your land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't keep to yourself but then take things from other people. Uh-huh. And so that's not really isolation. You're just kind of like taking things from stuff. Uh, but uh, uh, again, so their, even their attempt at being completely individual doesn't happen. And so it's, I don't know. And then when you take it relevant to today, yeah. it's really like, why are we so... Try, why are we trying so hard to be independent, independent individual countries in such a global I've, economic community? I have an idea on that, yeah. Like, uh, well, what the Indians would say to that is, uh, this is the era we're in, the Kali Yuga. This is the age of materialism and ego and power, and it's just where we are as a, the in, our, in our consciousness, in our, yeah, in our grand year or whatever, in the era that we're in. And to me... Um, it's kind of hard to explain this, but I think you'll totally get it. And I don't mean this in like a, cause people are going to fucking interpret this all sexist and everything, but there's something about materialism that is very masculine. There's something about thought and consciousness, the more implicit that always for me just screams a more, the feminine energy and, and this age of materialism, which to me is related to, um, um, like, um, what's it called? Materialism and, um, you know, just things in, oh, and being independent and alone and, mm-hmm. and your sovereign, your own solitude, individualism to me, You're all that, your own sovereign. that to me, that all falls kind of into the realm of ego ish. Oh yeah. It's none of that is collective at all. Right. Uh, none of that is communal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like an overly masculine energy. Uh, yeah. I, yes, and yes, and no. Yeah, yeah. It kind of. It's, it's uh, so now. Nowadays, it's a blend, right? But uh-huh. it, it's it started off in terms of uh, this again goes back into the Enlightenment mm. and science and using our reason because we often uh, used instrumental reason uh, as a means to an end, right? We have we're at point A. We want to get to point B. We'll do what we need to to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, Wow. <laughs> right, just yeah, literally, I felt it pop out of <laughs> the back of my head just now. Oh, fuck. Um, materialism and... Right, materialism. And so we use our reason and our science to gain control over nature. Right. And uh-huh. in our pursuit right. of that control over nature, we feel like we're gaining more understanding about ourselves and we feel more right. secure in it. Right. And so... That feeds back in on itself, and we just pursue to try to control more and more yes. of the material aspect of nature. Yes. Um, and then we, you know, allow our sensories and our senses and stuff like that to feed in on it more and more. Mm-hmm. This is visually yeah. appealing. This is audio. And then we feel more appeal. powerful. We yeah. have a better grasp of it. We're and getting we're, better. We're advancing. And our minds start to it. swell. Yeah, we're mastering it. We're in this we're age of more it. or less hyper technology and stuff like that. We're right. Yeah, we're living, you know, God's will of dominating nature. Right, right, right. right. And so it's this idea that more or less has got us up to this point because that really has what has driven this technological advancement, right? Yes. And so it's... Uh, 
that, but at the same time, that's a very abusive relationship, yes. as we're yeah, finding yeah. out. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. we are have more or less been beating the mo- beating Mother Nature. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's 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 not a. It will always strike back, though. Yeah, yeah, and it does, and that's the that's the thing is like it's I I can't really I can't really say that it's it's uh, masculine or feminine in terms of materialism. Right, it's, right. it's it's like a it's a human thing, you know what I mean? Because we we all seek that understanding. Men have just been the ones that are like we're gonna control and we're gonna fucking right. you know right. kill you if you get in our way or whatever. Right. We're gonna start wars over pointless right. shit. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what it's, I mean? It's very dude shit to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so that's that's where that kind of you know stereotype comes into play but these ideas of like sexuality and insanity or uh, sanity and insanity and even just the whole liberal conservative dualities yeah Yeah. duality these labels that we associate with this stuff are very recent nobody really discussed these ideas of sexuality 120 years ago you know what i mean like homosexuality heterosexuality insane versus sane there was no standard for these things in nature right these are human scientific constructs and so this, because before, when you think about it, what is it to be sane or insane? <laughs> the Oracle of Delphi was praised at the, as the right. speaker of God. She huffed ayahuasca. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. they, all these ancient civilizations that were preaching these, you know. Everybody. Like yeah. mythologies and all the stuff about God. Mm-hmm. They were popping shrooms and doing all sorts of shit. Like, yeah. this stuff grows naturally. Yes. It's been here on this planet. All they had to do was light it on fire, and they did. <laughs> to, to me, that is... And so what, is, what does it mean? What's it mean to be sane or insane? You know, is it sane to wake up every morning and just kind of go about your life? I or think that, is... that definition is just based on sedentary agricultural civilization. Has to be. Right, well, yeah, so it's, it's, it's the old definitions and, and new definitions. You know, like 100 years ago, the word gay was actually just happy. <laughs> right, like actually, yeah. It actually right. just meant, oh, that person's, that person's happy. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, they're, they're butt buddies. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was like, how did that morph? Right. <laughs> you know? And then it even, and some people associate the word gay with stupid. Oh. Too. And so it's like. Well, it's intention. Yeah, and so what, what is, words not only have like, definitions as we define them but there's the context in which things are being used and all of this stuff is so recent that our minds and our identity again is still not secure in who we are as human beings we don't even know like our origin we don't know anything That's a really we, don't, good way to look at it. we don't have uh, a full understanding of what it means to even exist we're just trying to name things that we think we think we know right right and that's <laughs> the thing is we, we think we think we know we're at that yeah. level of abstraction yeah. You know what I mean? We're no longer at the core of the problem where it's like, no, we don't know. We're we're not even at the point where we think we know. We're at right. the point where we think we think we think we think we know. You know what I mean? Ah, he knows. No, but he knows. No, but he knows. No, 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 no. How far you, back you got to go? Once you try to attack the core of it, I think it just gets more chaotic and Well, you try to attack the core of it and it gets, yeah, it gets existential. It gets terrifying. Yeah. That's where you encounter more or less the void. Right. Right. And right. you encounter these ideas of what is existence and uh, this whole right. idea of, of um, hierarchies in nature and things like that. And what's it mean? What's what is really human nature? Are we naturally evil? Are we naturally good? Is there an objective truth? Mm-hmm. Is there some overarching narrative that is going to give us some kind of guidance or some kind of secure feeling in our life? Or the church. is it just, yeah, right? <laughs> or Or is it a subjective internal... Um, truth 
You know right. what I mean? Is there is there really no overarching explanation? And therefore, we all have to kind of use our own reason to kind of reasonably agree with each other as best we can? Mm-hmm. Uh, or is it... Or what? Right, or right. we have to just more or less surrender control because we don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's so many different levels to look at it. I think I might have talked about this before. Maybe not. But my dad always likes this one movie. I forget what it's called. I, kill myself for forgetting it but it's it's about um it's an old like 80s film um it's a a poet a lawyer and a physicist and they're all kind of having this like conversation throughout the whole movie it's it's filmed somewhere in europe looks like scotland um uh great britain something like that there's like castles and shorelines um and they all have different takes on the same things and whereas you know the I mean, I would imagine a physicist would more think along these lines of they don't really think in terms of like for, for like a psychologist or a biologist would think where it's more human oriented. And um, maybe a lot of them are atheist or nihilistic of like, what's the point of all this? Yeah, the universe is probably going to end in the heat death. And so what if I do this or that? You know, you see like that documentary on Einstein and I'll never forget this one line where I think it was Elsa. She was like, you know, for... <laughs> for a man who knows the secrets of the universe, you don't know the first thing about humans or something like that. First or, thing about women. Or women yeah, or something yeah, like that, yeah. 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 And because then you look at a psychologist about it, and it's like, so if, what does any of that matter if all we're experiencing is this earthly existence and we can't be nice and live a happy life? So what what different ways can you look at it? Because to the psychologist or a biologist, you know, we should all live more symbiotically. But right. to more vague, like if we're just this tiny blip in the Milky Way, and the Milky Way is like a super tiny galaxy in this super small cluster, which is part of a larger super cluster. So what does it even matter that we... And so who's right, who's wrong? Because in one respect, life has this meaning that you should enjoy. In the other respect, it's it, it's absolutely meaningless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's a it's kind of a pluralistic uh, yeah. outlook, you know, because they all have their own reasons. Meaning Again, or no meaning, yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And so, because, uh, yeah, some people do stare into the void and don't find meaning and don't really care to make a meaning either. Because that's another thing, right. too, is, is you, you can stare into that, that depth and you know, question life. Right. And you most likely won't hear an answer. Right. And so then you can either stop asking or you can just keep shouting into the void. <laughs> you know what I mean? And at some point yeah. it kind of, um, relates, right? We're sitting uh, here. You can't see the, right. you can't see the sky. Right. Right. We're obviously under light. But when you stare up at the sky, there's a lot of empty space. Right. If you ask me, Mm -hmm. there's actually more empty space than there is actual stuff. That whole thing. Yeah. Um, And so really, we live in a void. Right. You know what I mean? Like what percentage of the atom is empty space or something like that? I think like 99% of the atom. Like, yeah. 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 And so it's. The void, more or less, isn't necessarily this, like, emptiness or terrifying non-existence. Nothingness, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Because we're living in it right now. Right. You know what I mean? We're floating. We're fl- floating. We're right. flying. Flying, yeah. 67,000 miles an hour through space. 
around a giant ball of fire that we have deemed to be the sun, and we wake up every morning and we call it the sun. That is the one constant, aside from the fact that we live on the earth. For now. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, the, well, that's, that's the thing. The, it, this goes into kind of the labels, right? Yeah. So we label it the sun. We identify it as the sun. We will never not call it the sun. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? We identify the earth as the earth. We will never not call it the earth. Mm-hmm. Or some a variation in other languages, like Gaia or something like that. Right? Yeah. But it's like... There are certain things that, like, we identify based on these kind of ideas of essences and stuff like that. Like, a tree is a tree, but there's different types of tree based on what different types of essences that tree may mm. form out to be right, right, as right. it becomes a tree. Mm-hmm. Cause, right? Because it's not being a tree when it's a seed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not being, uh, you know, right, and right, then right. it grows and eventually grows out and becomes a tree. Uh-huh. And, so what is it? Yeah. And so there's... The idea that when you don't get that answer that you're looking for, okay, then there's yeah. nothing. But really, there's everything. Well, to me, what you're describing around. is that really sounds like that you're really. That's when like meditation really starts. Yeah, and that that ultimately is so. Like when you, there's different layers to the mind. Yeah. Right. There's well, there's a surface layer <laughs> yeah. where it's like I'm just gonna pay attention to my local simulation. Yeah. More or <laughs> less. Uh, so engineering, right? Engineering, computer programming. I'm gonna make these like mechanical references. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah. it's it, every iteration, every day is a new iteration. Right. Right. Yeah. If you didn't like the iteration before, change some of the parameters. Yeah. Uh-huh. And run yeah, a new iteration. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And so it's like every day, kind of we have necessary parameters today's monday i have to go to work right i have to work between these hours after these hours i can do this today's saturday i don't have to go to work i can do this my parameters are a little different this day and so you can do this and exist in the simulation of society more or less and find meaning through that where you don't really question too deeply and you just kind of digest it yes you 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 know you take in you take in food you're like and by food, I mean thought, like media, right. you know. Yeah, um, information. Yeah, yeah, information. And you may establish some opinions with it, but more or less you'll agree one way or the other and you just kind of go with it. Or you can sit there and you can question it and then you could really, you know, chase down the rabbit hole and try to find out what the meaning of it all is and then end up not going to work the next day. Right. Because right. you're so caught up in an existential crisis <laughs> that, that you're like, fuck this job, <laughs> right. you know, right. or, or whatever, you know, or you freak out and you have a midlife crisis. And you go divorce your wife, have a car, and or buy a car or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Any professor and, that did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so this, uh, but and so like, but not going kind of going back into, you can't just push this kind of information onto people. You can't t- tell a kid about all this stuff, right? Right. Um, you can't just by by but by not talking about it, I guess by not talking about it, you create these singularity kind of points. Where, yeah. some, where people do just kind of snap like that and have those midlife crises. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because there is, again, what is their identity? Who are they? If they don't f- feel secure in that and they're just living apart in society and then one day they start to question things a little deeper, they might freak out. Well, again, that's what you were talking about um, the other day. It was uh, philosophy was a rich man's game. Yeah, so philosophy, yeah. Philosophy, because you got to have your... Uh, Needs taken care of, right? Yeah, yeah you your, have, your Maslow's, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. food, shelter. 
and then food, food shelter. Start, yeah, and, start, and you start thinking <laughs> yeah. about stuff. Yeah. And then you have the like the, the luxury or the curse of thinking, and but I think you you need to have that gross core identity to even begin venturing into that. And, and some people might say like, and I I got a buddy yeah. who's like, uh, who's you know, and people identify too much with uh, you know the physical, the gross, the you know, be yourself, don't worry about what other people think. And or, you know, they have to belong to the church because it gives them community, it gives them meaning, it gives them reason, it gives them morality right. um, and, and and structure to follow when they should be free thinkers. They should think on their own. And I'm like, you're right. Sure. But maybe that's where they are in their path right now. They need the thing. Yeah. yeah. They need the label because what is non-attachment if it wasn't started with attachment? You need something to let go of. I like that. Right? Yeah, you do. You do. You, you're absolutely right. You don't, because you, you don't, and in some cases too, it kind of goes back to that cliche, you don't really know what you have until you lose it. Right. right, yeah. And so it's, um, and so that, that in terms of a different kind of loss though, the non-attachment thing is more or less you're relinquishing it. Willfully relinquishing willfully, it. Willfully, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, and you're you're right. And so it's like, because imagine, imagine if all 7 billion people. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I've thought all, about that. If uh-huh. all seven billion people were sitting around and questioning and, and like walking more or less walking the same path. Right. I've thought right? about that. The four or five traffic. Yeah. Is, if that's not enough to demotivate that idea, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Because as much as it's kind of alienating in a way to um, either be a person who's not thinking in that way or to be a person who is thinking in that way regardless you know what i mean because some people will feel alienated one way or another because we all want to be kind of included right we want to yeah. feel like we understand what's going on and stuff like that yeah. and so when one person's talking about stuff that another person is like i don't have anything else they feel a little alienated right and so right that is like kind of a, a balanced thing and is more or less about kind of is what path you're on because you can't have identical people you know what I mean? They can't both be thinking the same thought, right? They're right. no longer individual people, and we're born individuals, mm-hmm. right? We exist in a society as a group, yes, by choice, mm-hmm. ultimately, because y- you can go live in the mountains. You can, you yeah. know, you can go live on the streets, mm-hmm. you know, and so um, it is about what path you're on, how much knowledge you're willing to take in. Uh, I, I think one of the things in the Matrix too is the th- in the third one. Uh, or the yeah. second one where no the third one where they pull back into Zion and the guy runs up to Neo and says hey you saved me hmm. uh, because he unjacked him and Neo yeah. looks back at him and he's like no you saved yourself hmm. because they look for people that are aware that they're in a simulation that are questioning right. the thing around them that are questioning the conformity that they're trying to be pushed into because those are the ones that are going to be more willing to accept the actual accept. truth, right? And the whole idea of, yeah, none of this is actually real and stuff like that. And so it's, it's you have to have the society and the people that are more or less functioning to keep society running because mm-hmm. we can't all have the transcendental meaning right? Uh-huh. or the transcendental yogi right. path, right, right? right? That just doesn't work that way. We yeah. can't, there wouldn't be it, society. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so... And and again, seven billion people on the yeah. same path. <laughs> it's, it it just wouldn't make any sense in a natural flow sense. Society wouldn't make sense yeah. anymore. And yeah. so it's it's um, that's interesting. Yeah. 
And I've, I've thought about that in, in the respect of, um, okay, so let, let's say everybody becomes enlightened. Is uh, Are we done? Did we figure it out? Right. Like, is, is that it? Are we now being enlightened or are we becoming enlightened? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does, do we achieve it and then stop or do we have to do it every day? Well, I, I look at it really as, uh, I don't know if it, I wouldn't. Now, Speaking of yeah. Yogananda, Paramahansa, yeah. uh, I think it was... Yeah, talk about in, it. I, I know it very well. In yeah. one of, I don't know if it was an autobiography of a yogi, though. It, it, was, it was in one of his writings, I think. I've read another uh, book of his, yeah. But one other. It was the saying that more or less God keeps things in balance, mm-hmm. right? Because he's a yogi. He's talking from about God, but he's more or less the self and yes, all this stuff, right. higher power, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever, right? Labels, again... God has a lot of baggage to it. But it just try to put it to the side, yeah. okay? <laughs> it's just a word. Yeah. Um, but he talks about how God keeps things in balance. Mm-hmm. And that if the world were to all of a sudden mm. become 100% good, where right. every single person is now good, God would destroy it. Because mm. it throws it out of balance. Interesting. Right? If the world became 100% evil, God would destroy it well, because the world's out of balance. That's the unity episode in, in Rick and Morty. Remember that? Uh, yeah, I guess. The yeah, perfect yeah, yeah. society. The, the bio, uh, yeah, the Borg, the Borg chick, right? Where yeah. she, she's taking she, over everybody. Yeah, she was a hive mind. That she yeah, wasn't an entity. Yeah, she, yeah. she was like an entity that the <laughs> yeah. consciousness. Yeah. That that like tried to achieve unity in all societies, but then it didn't. The perfect society never really worked. People wanted something to. People wanted something to an edge, something to fight about. Yeah, well, it, it's it's. I think it's something to kind of help them keep their individuality, but still feel like they're a part of something. Yeah, because that's really what it, so. what it kind of is really is, is so. almost like a tribal mentality where yes. you have these these groups that they're individual groups, but they all collectively agree um, on the same same thing. It's like I was I was thinking about this on the way over here. Uh, music. Hmm. A lot of people will bond and form friendships over music yeah. oh you like the same music oh yeah right. me too it's such a tribal thing it's extremely tribal. yo what music your tribe play uh-huh. yo we got the drums over here bro oh no we got the strings over here man let's get together <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean let's it's jam the same thing. it is the same thing they they grouped and they collected over these ideas of different culture like people to compare cultures to that i'm like guys all cultures have three things that are in common. Hmm. Good food, good music, right. and that's ultimately it. good people. That's it. Every time. You know what I mean? And that's what brings the cultures together mm-hmm. and then allows for the languages to merge and the people to to grow and stuff like that. And it's right. yeah. and, and just how interdependent that is because yeah. some I could, you know what I'm talking about. That's just such a rabbit hole right there. But like <laughs> um like people always um and I I do a lot of cooking and I I do a lot of like uh to research different types of cuisine and like craftsmanship. I was really into Japanese carpentry and woodworking for a long time. And every culture, whenever it comes to their specific arts and crafts or their cuisine that they develop or the architecture that they're famous for, it's always, oh, you can only get these and these mountains and this and that. Or like, oh, if you want to have that kind of sushi, well, that's only available in the Sea of Japan and this time of year, you got to go to Japan for it. But then you think about it, all that really was is at some point, that was just what was there for that person. It wasn't, they were researching and trying to find this special, you know, it was just, that was the fish that was in the sea. That was the stone that was in the mountains. That was the 
plant that was growing there. And then it suddenly develops this, oh, this is exclusively grown in like the, you know, the islands of Santorini in Greece and you can't get it anywhere else. And it's like, that's just what we used because it was fucking there. Yeah. And then that then influences their culture and then that creates their cuisine, that creates their architecture that they're famous for. You know, Japan um, is very forested. That's why they're like really good woodworkers. You go to Europe, they're masons because there's so much stone and they, and they had the technology to yeah. manipulate stone. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, how that all <laughs> is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The, the network more or less. Of, yeah. Uh, of cultures. Well, I was cultural you, development. Well, I was telling you, uh, my buddy, he's a professor too. He's a, uh, like a, again, I don't, I don't, I never know exactly what he studies, but something like biological anthropology, evolutionary biology, something like that. And uh, one of the things he told me is he always, he has great little like tidbits that, you know, something like a physicist would tell you, like, uh, you know, what's something that a physicist or an engineer is real stickler about? Mass and weight are very different things. You know, to most people, they're like, oh, it's, it's like the same thing. It's like, no, they're very different. Yeah. Or like velocity and acceleration. Oh, it's basically the same thing. You know? So like he's like uh, one of the really cool pieces of information he told me was uh, you look at the human population curve over like the last however many thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. The second we've figured out agriculture, bam. Right. It skyrocketed. And that's like the society we live in today. It's 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 all agriculture. Yeah, I mean, so the agriculture allowed us to stop being nomads, right? More or less, it allowed us to actually start to form these cities. These things, yeah. Yeah, and so we created that's that more or less is kind of the birth of, of society and and uh, civilization and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, which is wild. It is all <laughs> figuring out how to plant stuff and do it for a long period of time and. Yeah. Um, because then I thought about it, and because now you have these crops, and they're feeding your people, and you're staying there, and that's valuable. It's sustaining you, so you need to protect it. So yeah. put a fence around it, or have guards around it. Well, the guards need to defend themselves. They need weapons, and yeah, and defend your land and all that stuff. And, and yeah. different tribes now maybe wars start, and and wait, th these people have these hot metal slugs that come out of these tubes. Yeah. How do they figure that out? So, yeah, a lot of people attribute uh, agriculture to kind of the downfall. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. It is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. It is the balance. Yeah, the balancing on such a global scale. I know what I was going for. It's, even I go off on these crazy tangents. Um, just like an individual can achieve, I guess, enlightenment, so to speak, perhaps that the the macrocosm of that is the entire human population and and that i mean for it to extrapolate to that massive of a scale that's a, like orders of magnitude down the road but you know i think maybe that's kind of what we're experiencing it's almost like if you, if you picture like a like a scatter plot it's an extremely dense scatter plot and we're just really zoomed in right now and it's going to take a while for all the yeah. Particles to follow the same trend. In a sense, it's almost like osmosis. Oh, uh, so you're kind of thinking that they all tend towards the same path. Or like... Maybe in, maybe in an iterative sense, but, I mean, you, you sh this is something I, I kind of want to uh, bring You talk about enlightenment. And it's, I've mentioned transcendental, right? Mm -hmm. Transcendence. Mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. um, these ideas, though, kind of create this hierarchy don't you think of course they do yeah which is it can be which is pretty be careful right yeah. and so it's you kind of look back and we talk about agriculture mm -hmm. those without land are higher than right. those with yeah or those with land are higher than those without right? yeah and then you have 
um, God has this higher standard of living. <laughs> we have this lower standard right. of living. We should always try to appeal to here. Right. And if we don't, then we are worthless. Yeah, what is this idea of comparison? Well, or better yeah, than or, or greater than, less than. Right, right. When the idea of what is a higher, something higher versus something lower, what makes something better versus something worse, you know, uh, by convention sweet, by convention bitter, right? by convention good, by convention bad, mm-hmm. or are these fundamental laws of nature. Right. And so is it culture or is it nature? Right. You know, I mean, how much of it is actually culturally influenced? How much of it is naturally influenced? And yeah, I think we have far less control. I think our society has developed to what it is nowadays throughout the world through far less of our own effort than we would like to think it was. Yeah. I think so much of it was circumstance and so chance. If you want to look at it from a, a scientific perspective, right. which is going to be kind of funny because I'm about to take science and apply it to spirituality, right? Great. So. Favorite. You have uh, the ideas of diffusion, and you have the idea of high concentration flowing to low yeah, concentration. Uh-huh. Yeah. Higher power flowing to lower power. Okay. Is there yeah, is there is there higher dimensions flowing to lower dimensions? Mm, you know, if you if you want to consider that this is just a three dimensional space, mm-hmm. what's time? Right. Is time a discrete point or is time continuous? If we're always trying to be in the present moment. What does that mean if there's an infinite number of seconds between zero and one? Right. What does it mean if I can count to 0.0001 nanosecond and then have to count 10 to the minus nine, you know, or 10 to the nine more times in order to get to one second? Mm -hmm. Is there an actual discrete singular point in which I exist? Mm -hmm. Or is my flow of time continuous as though the future comes in Events occur, it becomes the past, I think about what happened, and then I act. Mm-hmm. Is it yeah, not exactly. such a nonlinear kind of circular flow, or is it past, present, future? I would tend to be along the lines of the first thing you said, in that realm of thought. So it's, because you, you, we're, we're existing in the present right now, right? But my present moment even though we're, you know, two feet away from each other, my present moment still feels, from my perspective, different from your present yes, moment, right? Yeah. We're not occupying the same point in space and time. We may be near each other in space, and we may be kind of coincidentally That's coexisting in time. relativity, yeah. Right? But my time may feel a little faster than your time. Your time may feel a little slower than mine. Just depends on what our energy levels is, because sometimes time flies. Sometimes I'm sitting in traffic for 10 hours. You know what I mean? And so it's what is time in a sense because we often think of time in a spatial sense. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, it's going to take me this long. I have this amount of time. I have the difference between the time here and the time there. I know the distance between the two points in time. But time itself cannot be broken down into a specific point when you're talking about actual nature that's a very good way to put it because it's different for everybody's what you're saying it's not absolutely it's energy based what is right it's 100 percent energy based and i guess it's like when athletes is that as simple as 
the faster you go, the slower time moves because of Einstein's relativity so, equation. So when athletes are in the moment, their adrenaline is pumping. Yeah. Right? And that, that running back is about to hit the hole. Mm. You know what I mean? For him, from his perspective, some of them will feel as though time slows down, uh-huh. as though everything around them, they just whoo, move. Yeah. And they just go past it, and then time returns to normal, and they're just gone. For them, in that split moment, their energy is so high that their mental perception of time is yes. slightly altered. Yes. Right? And so the idea of, you know, the closer we get to the sun, the greater the gravitational pull is. Mm-hmm. Time's going to alter compared to that on Earth. Yes, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Relatively speaking, my subjective time is different from your subjective time as well. Well, even satellites, I believe, have to compensate through yeah. relativity because of the... That there's just so yeah, the far speed away. and the distance, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And so it's, it's what does it mean to be in the present moment? Right. Yeah. You know, and it's science, such a nice thing to say. Sci- science does, doesn't have a confirmed understanding as physicists of time, right? I was just going to think that. And yeah. so there's no real, real, I guess, way of defining it because we're thinking of time non temporally. Yes. You know what I mean? We're not thinking of it as a flow because we're, again, using our reason to try to control nature. And so we're trying <laughs> to control segments mm-hmm. of time. Yes. Because we only really care about A and B. That's all we, we can We don't see. give a shit about yeah. C, D, E, F. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even though nowadays we kind of are because we look at the past and we're like, they didn't give a shit about C, D, E, and F either. Yeah, they're dumbasses. Our planet's about to die. We need to care about C, D, and F. Right. right, <laughs> right? right. You know what I mean? And so it's about looking at time, not just time. Yes. You know what I mean? Well. And at, But, and again, Mm-hmm. engineering standpoint right yes. we still have to kind of plan for the future but in a natural sense this continuous time is going to just flow within it it's, it's the future comes in the present moment acts that becomes the past where we then can think about it find out kind of what happened and reason our way through and then rinse repeat to me all of it's this an infinite cycle mm-hmm. because the imagine imagine you're in the center of an infinity symbol You've got future on the right, you've right. got past and on the left, and, and it just flows. And you're at the nexus of it yeah. both. Well, to me, everything which you're talking about sounds like it would be more easily perceived and understood through the perspective of a higher dimension. Right. And so <laughs> at what point can you kind of let go of this um, physical reality, this gross, quote-unquote, yes. universe... And start to look at the more subtle things in life. I don't exist without the things I don't see. I don't exist without the... Right, right. How do I see an atom? Right. How do I see a cell with my own eye? I got to get really close to my fucking hand to do that. You know what I mean? Hey, (laughs) hey, get to work. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and my brain up here this whole time is monitoring every single cell in my body, including its own. (laughs) <laughs> right and is notifying itself like all right we're cool we're cool oh fuck that hurt all right no we're cool we're good while at the same time i'm still consciously able to abstract and contemplate what the fuck am i doing here why do i exist what is all of this and what is time and what is the chances of me living in this third dimensional yeah. universe that is confined by a fourth dimensional time 
that is ultimately going to determine events at specific points in time based upon some finding of fifth dimensional probability space, space yeah. where <laughs> that probability space and all of those different probabilities are more than likely probably determined in some kind of sixth dimensional calculation space yes. where the best decision is made based upon all of these other different variables that cause, I don't know, the sun to burn and our planet to rotate and trees to grow and, you know, kids to run around. And, uh, I mean, good luck finding a grand unified theory of everything to define all of human nature and all of the universe, honestly. Like, as a physicist, I'm not trying to knock it, but it's like, it's conceptually, you will not find a math equation that can define human nature. Maybe that's the matrix, you know? All right. Uh, at what point? At what point does it just become so abstract that you're now a philosopher? Well, like you were saying earlier, we try to use solely our reason to divine our environment, and I and I think we should look at our reason as the only tool we have. It's not though. Well, not that, not that I mean the only tool we have, but it's. It's not going to solve everything, our reason. So there's, two, there's multiple types of reason, too. Yeah. When, when, a lot of the times when we think of reason, we think of instrumental reason. Yeah. Where reason is the, the thing that we do to accomplish the goal that we want. Mm-hmm. Right? But there's communicative reason, too. Where we're, right now what we're doing is communicative reason. Where mm-hmm. essentially you're sitting down and you're having a discussion. You're having a conversation. You're both just pointing out reasonable arguments or reasonable points. And you're just discussing an idea. And through that discussion, the idea will grow. Mm-hmm. That is another form of reason. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so we can use our reason in a logical sense to kind of go from cause and effect, or we can use our reason in a non-logical sense, essentially, and discuss an idea that doesn't necessarily exist yet because it's forming through that discussion. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And it's so it's like a birth of a universe, so to speak. It's creating its own space. Yeah. And so it is creating its own space because when you have all of the gross universe, all of the physical universe being created by atoms that you don't see, which are more or less part of a subtle universe Mm -hmm. and an underlying kind of universe in terms of they are also governed and controlled by what we have deemed to be the forces of nature. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. All of these concepts and ideas and all of the stuff that we're trying to contemplate starts up here Mm -hmm. in the mental Mm -hmm. Right, mm-hmm. You have to be able to visualize something. You have to have the thought first. You have to create the concept. You have to philosophize the idea before yes. you can actually give birth to it. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? Even my martial arts instructor would tell me that all the time. The body is a reflection of the mind. We yeah. talk about that in m- movement. In uh, engineering taught me that too. You know, It's like you have to visualize the design in your mind first you before you it. can put it uh, into SolidWorks. Exactly. You have to see it. Yeah. You have to see it. And you have to, you mold it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's it's not just a static thing either, going back to like being and becoming. It's like, it's the idea starts off as a point and it may not be, you know, the clay never starts off as the statue. Right. Kind of thing. You know what I mean? But the clay is the chaos. The the clay is the chaos and the clay is the material that we use to build it. It's like the you don't ever a cell isn't just a cell. A cell is the combination of all of the molecules, which are combinations of all of the atoms. Yes. Which are combinations of all of the particles. Right, right. And so it's this unity and the sense of working together under these kind of unspoken natural laws that we're more or less creating as we're discovering them 
creating as we're discovering them. Right, weird, right? <laughs> because yeah. you, you can't discover something if it already exists, but if you don't know what exists, through that act of discovering it, you're creating it. Wow. Right? So you can see something happen. I can drop this, but I'm not going to say that's gravity that did it if I don't understand the concept of gravity yeah. or never heard right. of the word gravity. Right. If I'd never heard of the word gravity, what do I say? How do I formulate that concept to begin with? How do I even begin to think about what the action is that just happened and why? And what I'm getting there is what is the whole past, present, future of that whole interaction is, is what you're doing, observing it, feeding. What's the, what's the feedback loop there? That's, it's right. Uh, what's uh, well, what's the, the language? Chick chicken or the egg. What's, what's the word? Right? Because, again, gravity is a word that we've defined right. as what? Well, Alan Watts is described that a few times. He goes, uh, you know, we, I think I talked about this before. That he said, you know, the, the universe is wiggly. We have all these... We make straight lines out of everything. And if you look in the universe as a totality, just nature doing its thing, there's never straight lines, yeah. squares, and circles anywhere. It's all this soup and stuff. And so we get used to defining these things so uh, black and white and discreetly when that's just a product of our own perception. Whereas, so he said something like, uh, he was like giving a guided meditation to a group of people. And he's like, <sighs> in whatever state you're in, we, and we won't give it a name. Just that's, don't call it peace. Don't call it Satori. It just, it is what it is. And so, yeah, gravity, before the word, what was it? Right, right. And God. Right. <laughs> you know? I, I, I mean, even even Newton gave credit to God at the end of his book. Every, every like, physicist of, of, of um, significance always refers to some type of spiritual, yeah. higher power, because even they're like, yeah, it's no way. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. they're, and they're honest about it. Right. That's the thing, too, is that um, we, the, the reason, again, mm -hmm. instrumental reason, and this whole idea of kind of cold logic, too, and uh, kind of mechanizing uh, nature through science and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I'm going to butcher the name. I always butcher the name. Nietzsche. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. When he said God is dead, Yes. He's not talking about the actual death of yes, God. Yes, right, right, right. He's right. talking about as society things have grown, as technology's grown, as science has grown, and reason has grown, and we have now adopted this idea of evolution and have this, yeah. well, I don't know. I don't think he was around with that yet. But we have this scientific understanding, and we have this reason that we're now trying to pursue in order to understand nature. The whole God is dead thing is... Because of this, man is going to eventually stop pursuing right. answers to the question of what is human nature? Yes. What is our place in you know, God's universe? Because ultimately, every culture, every civilization, every tribe has some form of worship, deity, yes. sacrifice, ritual yes. associated with, how like that. Uh, with a power. Yes. Right? Up until the past hundred years or so, where now it's like, Oh no, God doesn't exist because I said so. And there's no proof of because, it. Proof yeah, it. because there's no proof. There's no physical proof of God. Oh, it only exists in your imagination. Well, so does the thing I just designed. At right. least it did. Right, right. I mean, again, when you die, what are you just going to happen? Right. 
uh, I'm not saying it's kind of a, and that I don't know if you ever heard of Pascal's wager. No. Yeah. So Pascal's mm-hmm. wager was more or less. Uh, you can either believe in God or you can not believe in God. Mm-hmm. What are the uh, what, what's the pros and cons here? If I don't believe in God, back then you know persecuted by society and all that right. shit. <laughs> but if I don't believe in God and God is real, right, I'm screwed. Yeah. If I don't believe in God and God is not real, I'm cool. If I believe in God and God is real, I'm good. If I believe in God and God is not real, I'm good. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right? And so his his bet is I'm why not? just going to believe in God because why, why not? Why not? I mean, what's the harm? What's the reason not to? Well, at some because because well uh, yeah. What is what is the harm? Oh yeah, yeah. I know. And that's a, that's again <laughs> the reason we use to continue believing what we believe mm-hmm. and hierarchy. I'm superior to you. Mm-hmm. You believe something different than me and stuff like that. But it's like when you are genuinely looking and trying to gain an understanding of the universe and nature and you have this aspect that has existed in every culture throughout all of history and every person of notable worth in history that anybody can know about either constantly talks about or refers to or attributes to or mentions or is like props yes, to God. Something, <laughs> you something, know what I mean? Even something. if it's a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Even if it's a little bit to then turn around and be like, no, this is foolishness is shutting off such a large part of your own mind yes. that you're not even going to be able to entertain any kind of actual, uh, right. Right. Imaginary, quote unquote, thought, because all thought is imaginary. Yes. I mm-hmm. can't touch a thought. Right. So prove your thoughts to me. Uh, right. How do I know your thoughts are there if I can't physically see them? Yeah. So. Exactly. And so. There's that argument. And so the intangibility of this, again, can parallel the irrationality of math, right? Yes. Not everything is rational, not everything is irrational, but not everything is tangible and not everything is intangible. It doesn't make it any less real. Yeah, it doesn't make it any less real, right? The imagination of your mind is still a real part of your brain. And and, and who knows what that's communicating to a different dimension or where that's even coming from and how real that might be. Right, because once you're in that kind of mental world uh, or mental universe, and you is, consider right. the idea of multiple dimensions because space time we like to think of it in special relativity and speed of light yeah. oh space is flat the trampoline well yeah so in special relativity space is flat and sp- and light travels at the speed of light mm. general relativity space is curved and this is the actual way space is mm. space is curved and has multiple dimensions and light travels along that curvature but it's not just a blanket curvature. Mm. It's folded. It's manifolds. Right. It's right. it's ins and outs. And you've got gravity being at the center of the earth, pulling everything towards it, right? So everything on the outside being pulled into the center. But what's at the center doing the pulling? Yeah. Right? What's in the center of the sun doing the pulling? Right. <laughs> okay? And so you say that there's this density of these particles at the center of the sun but at some point, you right. could break it down to an atom. Right, exactly. But what the, the DX, the fundamental... Yeah, and so does that infinitesimal point mm-hmm. exist, or is it just a mathematical concept that we use to understand the larger, dense picture that exists awesome. in our physical it's world? both. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, again, using this kind of higher dimensional thinking yes. of math and just the balance of irrationality and rationality and the idea that we don't exist in just a three-dimensional plane or right. even a four-dimensional plane. Our mind is actually also calculating the same probability of do I want to eat cheeseburger tonight <laughs> or do I want to eat pizza tonight? What are the odds that I do one or the other? Right. Is probability four dimensions? I don't know. Right. At what time do I make that decision? Where does that, where, where uh, is that data being stored? Where yeah. did it generate from? Right. Was it in this three-dimensional universe? Yeah, where is that being stored at? Exactly. I, I, and why do I call it a burger and not a pizza and a pizza and not a burger? You know? <laughs> it was like that Rick and Morty thing where the, 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 the telephones and the pizzas. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, like the large large pizza with extra phones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, with, with, with extra people on it. Extra yeah. people And then on the it, people yeah. were the furniture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was really good. I, I posted something the other day, and it's everything... You're talking about it right now. It was I, w- I like woke up at four a.m. and I listened to some like Terrence McKenna, and I just it, it hit me in the right way. And I, I'm gonna grab my phone. I, it was right here, right? Because I think I saved it. It was. I'm like I gotta screenshot this because I'm gonna forget this in an hour when you're in that state of mind. And but it's all about the dimension stuff. And and oh here it is. And actually, before I even read it, what I was uh, thinking about the whole time you were talking about that was um, um, we tend to call God or define deity as when we don't, when we can't grasp and understand it. And the second we understand it, it goes from metaphysics to physics yeah. or religion to. And it's almost as though we fear what we don't understand. And the reason I think that, and I think that's actually what I said here, was um, because it gives us consciousness of our mortality because it's like that thing has the ability to master us because we don't, we don't understand it. So that's interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever attacks our mortality is what we tend to respect and deify. And what do they say? It's like the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God or something like that. Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But it's I mean, a, yeah. or just think about it. You know, you're at a martial arts studio. You're fighting somebody. Like the bigger, stronger person is the one you're going to respect. Because, well, you're certainly going to be more cautious. Right. You, you think know, you're going to be wary, yeah. conscious of your mortality. So. And you're going to definitely be more conscious of your mortality. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that. I think is a kind of the the bigger point there too, because it like when they were making maps mm-hmm. originally, the boundaries of maps when they reach the edge, you know, here be dragons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I so love those. It's, it's definitely very much a, we don't understand that we are therefore afraid of it. Yes. And right. The, the more, uh, like black holes powerful. Are scary. Yeah. The more powerful it appears, um, the more godly attributes we give it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Let, let me read what I was saying. It, Cause it was, it kind of touches on both of those. So I said, uh, um, yeah, if we honestly, if we weren't so caught up in the reasoning, we probably would call black holes God. Right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, but say, okay, but what I truly believe it to be is, okay, is our limited perception of the workings of a higher dimension within our current 3D experience. To a, you know this, to a 2D creature, the experience of a 3D object would seem otherworldly and behave in ways that they cannot fully explain with their limited 2D set of perceptual tools. So by analogy, we can apply this notion to our 3D physical experience to what a higher dimensional phenomena would appear to us in this 3D world we live in. 
A 4D sphere, as we would experience it, would appear as a sphere that instantaneously pops into existence, enlarges, and then shrinks, and then pops out of existence. But if we were a creature of higher dimension, whatever that may be, it wouldn't seem crazy at all. We often tend to call unexplained phenomena spiritual, metaphysical, religious, or magical. Perhaps all it is is simply the workings of a higher dimension we are simply incapable of fully understanding as we are. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. that's, I mean, that's basically what I just said. It's, it's if what we don't understand. It's, and, and maybe it's, it's fully ABC123 in 4D. I don't know. Like, to a 4D creature. Oh, to, oh it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's like... Ants really only have a perspective of two right. dimensions. Right. You know what I mean? Even though they're three-dimensional three objects, their their perspective is just which is all that matters. Two dimensions. Yeah, that's all that matters, right? They may change elevation, but they may they're not really aware. They use that anal- They use the ant analogy a lot in those uh, like dimensional. Yeah, well, because it's, it's simple, right? right. <laughs> uh, and the other thing is a uh, flatland. I don't know if the flatlander. Flat let's talk about book. the flatlander. Yeah, yeah, because the the flatland more or less is that idea of you know you have a three dimensional shape that interacts with a two dimensional space every now and then, and so mm-hmm. uh, having a fourth dimensional uh, idea. But again, even treating time as a four dimensional space goes into that idea of we are treating time as a spatial spatial. Thing. It's not. It's a temporal thing. And so that's it, this. I know this. This is this. It's kind of like how do you shift out of doing that because it, it's so natural to really do because we're so spatial in terms of our. And that's behavior. what I'm saying. That's maybe yeah. maybe there really truly is an asymptote to our understanding as 3D creatures. Yeah. Maybe there really is. Like well, there's a ceiling, and that's it. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's one of the things. Kind of philosophy. Um, kind of more or less admitted, uh, ah. because it's. People started, when science really started gaining root, gaining ground and, and taking off, people started questioning, like, what the purpose of philosophy is, right? We do it today. You know, if you bring up philosophy and people laugh or people ignore right, it because right. it, they think it's pointless. Right. Right. What is, what is, what's the purpose of philosophy? What's it ever done? Thinking thoughts, yeah. Uh, political philosophy is actually, you know, more or less given us our simulation, right? Philosophy is not just human nature. Philosophy is ideas, uh, concept creation more or less. It's about being able to look at a situation. Um, you, were ta- you were comparing a physicist and a physicist, preacher. a lawyer, and a poet. And a, yeah. So mm-hmm. I've got another one for you. I've mm-hmm. got an artist, I've got a, a physicist, and I've got a philosopher. They're right. all staring at a sunset. Right. An uh-huh. artist stares yeah, at a sunset. Exactly, exactly, and exactly. an artist sees a sunset and sees the colors and how the light reacts through the clouds and bends and, you know, the imagery of it. Mm-hmm. Physicist, the physicist, yeah, the feeling. The physicist sees the sunset, light refracting through the atmosphere, refracting through the clouds, sun dropping roughly uh, 15 uh, degrees per hour, and um, it's roughly 73 degrees. Right. (laughs) They kill it for the artist. A philosopher, (laughs) yeah, a philosopher is like, well, really, what, what is a sunset? Is a sunset just the sun going down below the horizon, or is it also the sun rays that are touching my skin and warming my skin? Is it the clouds as well? Is it really the orange and yellow tint, or is it just the act of the sun simply setting down and really just the surface element of the word itself? Or is it really more about, 
you know, the general shape and the feeling, what's it setting behind? Right. Right. Uh, what is the concept of a sunset? Mm-hmm. Or the sunset to one person is the sunrise for somebody else. And, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, what is time? <laughs> <laughs> but, and so, it, but that's, that's, again, goes into kind of different perspectives, but at the same time, it uh, shines light on philosophy is that question that gave rise to that physics understanding. Yes, you, it's the you, initial curiosity, so to speak. You don't have science without math and philosophy. Mm. You flat out do not, because you cannot right. formulate a hypothesis without first asking a question. Mm-hmm. You can't first ask a question without conceptualizing the thought itself, and you have mm-hmm. to just be willing to ask very abstract questions, yes. ultimately. Yes. Theoretical physicists and philosophers there's not much difference if you really break it down because they're different kinds of purists. Yeah. They're different kinds of purists, you know what I mean? And so it's like the, it's an abstract thought becomes a concrete reality, but it all starts as an abstract Mm. thought. And so Plato, yeah. Yeah. And so philosophy kind of has gone that more or less same way as God where you hear either one, you automatically have this stereotypical baggage that's been conditioned into your (laughs) brain Mm -hmm. and you discard it. And you're like, I'm going to ignore both of these things because they may have existed for all of time and all of human civilization, but it is 2021 and they don't fucking matter anymore. And I know what's best because, I don't know, God said so. Oh, wait. Right? What do you believe? Why do you believe what you believe? I got a buddy like that. You know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) And so so it's it's like you can't just throw out an idea because you disagree with it. Right, right. Well, that's the difficult Uh, thing with religion. Yeah, the word God is a touchy word for that because of the fucking Roman Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah, I mean, again, yeah, there's so much baggage uh, with a lot of these words, like liberal and conservative. You know what I mean? Liberalism again, is just this idea of individual rights. That's what it started off as at the Enlightenment. And actually, when you look back at that period, they look at it as prior to the Enlightenment as like a pre-liberal period where you're being ruled by the king and the sovereign and you don't really have any individual rights to the liberal period after the Enlightenment where you are now an individual with individual human bill of rights, American Revolution, all that stuff, right? Constitution and whatnot. And... (laughs) (laughs) and um and so this oh fuck well i was getting my wheels training with what you were saying yeah to me it really sounds so cyclical to what you're talking about because start off as liberal truly being the independent and then fast forward to where we are now and it's really seeming like it's taking this totalitarian type of we need to get out of here and make a new society for ourselves kind of thing and this is just this so totalitarian um again uh the enlightenment and the whole individual rights and stuff um was a good thing yes but it did eventually lead to hitler yeah explain that yeah because again it's this there's a lot of reason that's that's a massive um, jump, yeah. Yeah, but it's transitivity. There's a lot yeah, of A equals lot of B, B equals C, C equals D, D equals yeah. C, therefore A equals Z. Because, again, a lot of philosophy had developed over that course of time. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And, right, right, right. and unfortunately, a lot of philosophy got twisted, too. Like, uh, 
again, the whole God is dead from Nietzsche. Yeah. He, his sister was really anti-Semitic. And oh. so a lot of his work, she took it after he died and she oh, twisted it. And yeah, because, <laughs> because if you look at uh, kind of the history of it, he was a really influential philosopher on Hitler. But yes, he was. But he, was. he read it after, after his uh, all that sister, anti-Semitic yeah. stuff. I read a good portion of Mein Kampf and, um, in high school. I was just interested in it for some reason. To me, and I brought it to school one time and I had it in my backpack and somebody saw it and they're like, you're reading Mein Kampf. And like, everybody looked yeah. at me. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, guys, this is not what it looks like. Right. And it was, an, it was an ugly looking book too. It was, it, it was, it was at a black cover and it was his name in red writing. It just looked evil. Yeah. Um, I read like the first 115 pages of it. Then I stopped. And the scary thing about it was this. And to me, I was just curious. I'm like, what are the core thoughts of this insanely maliciously abhorrently Sadistic. evil man how, yeah. how what if this is peering into his thoughts i'm just curious how could he have done what he'd done what kind of what kind of thoughts does this guy have and oddly the first hundred so pages i read first of all his sentences are extraordinarily long they're huge they're like paragraphs long his sentences but they make sense it's crazy and there's like nothing anti-semitic in the beginning it's all he well yeah i mean he's not going to come out but that's what i noticed and so in he talks about general um examples of like society let's say you know he always talks about the civil servant the civil servant the civil servant you know the father's a civil servant he has his family talks about these very practical family situations and he's like so then wouldn't you want this to happen if your society if you want your society to grow better so therefore you should think this way and i slowly started realizing he 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 gets you to agree on very simple, easy to agree on things. Yeah. After page like 120 or so, I honestly just got bored of it. I was like 16. I was literally yeah. 16. And, but then I, you know, fast forward to page 500 and I'm like, oh, this is where the anti-Semitism pops up. And so he slowly. Yeah. Re- integrates it. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, a, it's his underlying thought. He can't, he can't fight it. Right. Um, and when I, when I say that it, it gave us Hitler is that the scientific enlightenment, and the idea of reasoning and instrumental reasoning again is this cold, calculated yes. thing of oh, okay. we're yeah, 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 using yeah. reason to control Lot nature and help us out. And yeah, we're using it to help us out. We're using it to control nature. But in the act of gaining control of nature, humans are nature. Mm-hmm. Humans are very much a part of nature. Yeah, yeah. We are inescapable of it, regardless of how much we try to deny it. We are the ultimate expressions of nature. Yeah. And so, in the cold reason, yes. logic, instrumental, I'm going to use nature and control nature. Well, it's not a far step for someone who's got a pretty fucked up past to say, well, you're a human being and you're part of nature too. So why don't you do what I want? Yes. You know what I mean? And that, that escalates very quickly, obviously. And, and, and he did it. And the last guy tried to do it too, because again, it appeals to that simple thing. Yes. You know what I mean? You just got to get them to agree on a simple concept. Well, that's what they even say about sales techniques. If you can right. get your customer to say yes three times, they'll say yes to the final sale. Just, just and that's even pickup artist stuff too. Yeah. And <laughs> and um, yeah. Human psychology, sort of. Thing. Right. And I mean, as long as you're aware of it, you have a better defense against it. But yeah. um, and even the way and he carried out 
you know, like the Holocaust eventually. I, I mean, I also think people tend to forget that that whole Hitler thing didn't happen in two or five or six or seven years. It, it was a long time of slowly conditioning the population yeah. to really, I mean, like, like generate, not only generations went through that, but, you know, people were ten, born ten into ten it and then grew up in it. And yeah. then so it became their identity. It's just, they thought that's how society, team, yeah. exactly, right? So, um, and the way he approached it was, you know, you look at the undesirables simply as you would look at vermin that just simply need to be exterminated. There's no thought, there's no feeling behind it. It's just like you're saying, cold rationality. If you want things to be better, get rid of these undesirables and that's good for the rest of us. It's like he took the emotion out of it. Disney did a film about it that got pulled, but it's still like you can find it. It's called Education for Death. You ever see it? Interesting. Uh, you should watch it. If you type it in on YouTube, it's, it's like a 10 minute little like... Uh, um, yeah, basically saying how horrible the Nazis were, but Disney made a film, yeah. Huh. Which is interesting that Walt Disney was rather anti-Semitic. I heard. Well, yeah, Walt Disney was pretty racist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was. Yeah, he was. He was definitely a. Uh, probably, I don't know if he was an, a full-out Nazi, but more or less, he was probably a closet Nazi. You remember that that Family Guy parody they made of him? No. Oh my God, it was so bad. I mean, I might get shit for saying this, but it was it was horrible. They're uh, they had him like in this like hyperbaric chambers and like preserving his body so like they, they opened him up like modern day <laughs> he goes he goes are the juice still alive uh, he's like are the juice still running like, yeah put me back in <laughs> oh, yeah. i'm like geez man yeah yeah it's uh and that's the thing is that it's 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 twisted in a mm. way in a sense because disney brings oh, such like man. good animation but there's such subtle I could talk about Disney forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stereotypes and messages and all sorts of stuff. Um, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, not really uncommon. I mean, when you think about what happened after the war, too, it's not like America really punished them. They took in a lot of Nazi scientists. That's what I heard. NASA <laughs> took in a lot of scientists. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's the name? Werner... Von Braun, what's his name? I don't know. One names. of those guys. Some, they, yeah. But I heard like the Alex Jones would know about this, but um, <laughs> he would know. Um, they they brought in a lot of them to NASA or something. Yeah, and I mean I get it. You can treat them as scientists, and maybe they can let go of what they what they did and stuff like that, or maybe they were just you know following orders, right? Um, but it's well, it goes it, to show that we're not we're all kind of sitting in yeah. a similar jacuzzi here. And we, yeah, and we also I'm pretty sure we also rejected a few Jew, Jewish cruise ships and stuff like really? that. They were trying to seek yeah, trying wow. to seek uh, salvation more or less or sanctuary. And so it, it's like you know, there there's things that yeah, could have gone differently, right? But the the idea is that you have to realize the cause is this kind of blindness to not only the manipulation that he was doing in terms of keeping, you know, simple questions and pointing out a simple target. Yes, right? exactly. Because that's more or less Getting it. Getting you to agree on simple Pointing out things. a simple target, asking you a simple question to try to get you to dehumanize that target. Yes, that's exactly it. And so exactly once it. you have that done, and that's done repeatedly, because, repeatedly. again, his, it's prop everywhere. his propagandist was the guy that was like, Durables, you just repeat yeah. a lie until it's true. <laughs> you know what it I mean? It is, I think, fundamentally that simple. Yeah, well, that's propaganda in a nutshell. Yeah, and so it's uh, when you combine all of that, then you combine the cold reason of I'm trying to control nature, and therefore, in my pursuit of trying to control nature, I want to control the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 
people have been trying to do that. Roman Empire tried to do that. Alexander the Great. They all created these empires in order to try to gain control of the world, to try to gain control over nature, because deep down, they're terrified human beings, and they're afraid of death. Yes. Because they're human, and they were just born into a position to acquire such power and do such things. And that's, they were tr- uh, that's why they were trying to grasp it harder and harder yeah. and harder. I remember, I'll never forget, what really... Because um, that, well, that fear you talk about when you're a kid, it, it, it affects people, but people will cling to life very hard. And that, that ultimately can, cre- can create that kind of uh, egotistic, narcissistic kind of drive because you're clinging so hard to your life. Yes. Right? Yes. You want to hold on your to life, your, your, whole, life, yeah, your life. And you don't Yours. care about other people's lives. Because right. other people are dumb. And yeah. I mean, you can see it on Not the, as important. Yeah. yeah. You see it on the freeway, to be honest with oh, you. Yeah. you speak, people are like, why'd you cut me off? I need to get over. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know? They're thinking about them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're thinking about why are you in my way? Get out of my way. What are all of these people that I don't know that are just a bunch of anonymous drones doing in their car? They are in my way and I need to get to where I'm going. You ever heard right. of that word sonder? Sonder, yes. You know what it means? No. It was. What do words mean? It's. <laughs> 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 it was because uh, exactly what you're talking about. It's uh, ev- the thought. It's a cool word. It's uh, the thought that everybody's life is as complicated and vivid as your own. So, like everybody's living their own little universe, and ultimately, right. So, like you know. That server Especially. you got that may not have been ecstatic to serve you at 9.30 at night, and you're like, this piece of shit, I'm going to leave them a nothing tip, and you don't know that. Right. You know? Mom probably just died or some shit. And like, they have to come to work yeah. because they have a family to feed, and they can't take work off because they need the money. And Yeah. Everybody has trauma. You know what I mean? Everybody has that, Everybody. that shadow, that darkness, that uh, ultimately is what keeps us kind of afraid of the void and asking questions. and Because... And when you look back and you you want to you want to find the answers to questions and things like that, it does require kind of searching your life. But if you have things in your life that are so terrifying that you can't, then it, unless you seek some help, it won't. And uh-huh. that's another thing is that there's Just a lot. Shut it off. Yeah, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of like uh, it's transitioned recently. Our generation, I think, was probably the first generation that kind of grew up with this whole idea of like going to therapy and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Kind of. Yeah, it, I guess that was maybe know? like shamans before. Yeah, and so, but now, but nowadays, it's like when you think about it, mental health is actually probably the number one thing we should be focusing on because we it's are the precursor. Yeah, we are more or less a really fragmented society, and if you're not mentally stable, you're going to do some crazy physical shit. Oh man, it's so funny you brought that up. Is I, again, I gotta be careful how I say this, but uh, maybe this is a YouTube algorithm just mastering me. But I'm sure that's what it is. But I saw the there was a they had the camera. Remember that 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 kid that shot up the Parkland School in Florida mm-hmm. a few years ago? So they had like the full right right when he got arrested, and they took him into some cuffed him up into a chair in some interrogation room, and some detective was just questioning him for like 40, 45 minutes, and he just and he starts talking about. Um, why he did it, his past, and just lots of questions. Um, of course, to remember the fact that he just killed a bunch of kids. He, he committed a horrendously heinous crime, and yeah, he deserves life without parole and all that, to say the least. But he starts talking about like his intentions and why he did it in his past. And this kid, it was almost like he didn't have a chance. His his he was adopted. Um, his 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 birth mother or his adopted mother had recently died like a year ago he was extremely lonely 
he's in and then because the detective asked him why did you do it and he says or was like why do you feel bad all the time why do you take the xanax why do you do the drugs he goes i was just lonely all the time super lonely and you know, peterson talks about that a lot is like the you get antisocial aggressive males they all do shit like that that's it antisocial aggressive that's where that's they do that shit and he said these voices would tell me buy the gun buy the gun yeah. buy the gun you need to do this and and then he was working at a dollar tree make he said he made 1200 a month so this kid has no friends is working in this horrible job got suspended kicked out of school nobody wants to be friends with him it's like i don't why did i start talking about that again um that everybody's got their problems and stuff and yeah. and it was odd to see it i actually got sucked into it for like 30 minutes it was like a 45 minute interrogation i oddly felt like a sense in a sense compassionate because i just saw this product of this unimaginably sad depressed lonely kid yep and that's why all that happened yeah problem is too is that people will look at it and they'll uh black and white morally judge it it wasn't right for him to do it no of course he means. deserves his it, punishment it wasn't right for him to do it but from his perspective he didn't have control he said the voices told right. him to do voices and when voices, you're voices. When, when you're in that bottom rock state bottom you know what I mean? Bottom. You you don't have support. You don't have Nothing. rationale because again, the society isn't here to really cater to an individual. We're trying to get it to do that for whatever reason, but it's not doing that because it's not designed to do that. And so you're right. not going to be able to, at least right now, cover all of individual's needs right he didn't have a support system because he lacked Nothing. a family and he didn't have a support system because the system that he was living in didn't provide any non-taboo right. more or less ways of saying it's actually okay to feel alone yes a lot of people feel alone even people who are surrounded by people constantly will feel alone even when they're around those people because it's not necessarily just surrounding yourself with people either. It's about surrounding yourself with people that you can communicate with, that you can talk to, that you can respect and you can trust and stuff like that. And so when not only his personal life is failing him, his society life is failing There's him. There's nothing at that point. He's going to snap. And then at that point, there are no morals from his perspective. There are no people with personalities and emotions and they're just yeah. humans. Because he's lost all feeling, right? And so that's the, again, the aggressive antisocial male. What is the cause of that aggression yes. and antisocialism? Yes. How did he get into that state? What are the It doesn't happen overnight. Right. And so mm -hmm. it's this, this transition and this uh, evolution of this kid's life, as his example that we, we're, we're, right, running, yeah, we're running with here, yeah. um, is really an exemplary point in terms of like right right that stress of loneliness that yes. stress of not socializing as social creatures yes. is literally debilitating it, mentally it's the physically, most fundamental level yeah, yeah. They, they even said that people who experience extreme loneliness are often going to die earlier yeah because it, it's it's like what's the point peterson talked about that he said there's this uh, like a romanian orphanage that 
all these babies just died because they just left them in these cribs. They didn't touch them. They didn't talk to them. They didn't, they didn't uh, cradle them. They didn't hug them. They didn't communicate with them. They just were just left to just exist. And they just, yeah. these, they passed. Yeah. And I think people forget that it's, uh, again, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier with the whole, the masculine and the feminine, the individual and the collective, uh, w- uh, Graham Hancock talks about this in his like uh, you know Graham Hancock, yeah. The, and he's, he talks about the psychedelia, and he said these shamans tell us you've lost your connection with nature and spirit, and yeah. that's why we are in where we are in right now. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we we sit in our in our houses or our apartments, mm-hmm. isolated right. from our neighbor. I don't know. Especially my lately, yeah. I don't know my neighbor. Yeah. I live in a. I live in a. Uh, townhome complex of like two feet away from my neighbor's right. door. I have no idea who Not they are thing. as an individual. You know <laughs> what I mean? I've, I've never, you know, and, and you drive on the freeway, you drive in your car, you're isolated in your box. You don't give a shit about the car next to you. They're just in your way. I need to get over in that lane. Why are you there? You don't exist, you dehuman machine. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that the is that the natural way of thinking or is that a conditioned way of thinking? I think very conditioned. Is that is that a cultural thing? Well, just think how personal a cell phone is. You're in your own universe when you're on that thing, and how often are we on that thing? Yeah, and then how much shit can we talk when we're on it? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's like the Earth is flat because I said so. Right. Cool. Okay, the Earth is round because I said so. No, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> you know, it's you create these pointless arguments in order to try to find what answers to things that you probably won't even accept. It, it's not even that. I think people just say that most of the time just because, again, it's their own personal ego that they're concerned with as opposed to... Well, I posted a comment the other yeah. day. I said something like, uh, um, you know, the Lion King... Jordan Peterson said a lot of good, interesting things about the Lion King and, like, the morality. He, he did a lot of Jungian uh, parallels to it. And people ripped me in the comments. They were like... Um, well, I was called transphobic. I was called um, sexist. I didn't mention a single thing about any of that. But I guess guilt by association. And then, but a lot of people supported me too. They're like, all he said was just a little. And I, what I was mentioning was, was, somebody said something about a. It was actually it was, it was like a, a comedy Instagram, like a meme Instagram, and they post like some funny picture, like, oh, this is what you and your lame ass friend do all the time. Your ain't shit friend. And so that's what Timon and Pumbaa represent in Lion King. They're the, 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 the deadbeat friends that you hang around to get nothing done with. Okay. And, um, and that's who Simba started hanging around all of a sudden. And then Simba's the son of a king. So it's like the son of a king hanging out with these low lives, getting nowhere in his life, um, indulging in hedonistic pleasures and absolving himself of all responsibility and duty as a king's son. And then Nala the the girl cup like the princess you could say i guess comes along and basically is like hey what the fuck are you doing hanging out with these dodo birds you have a a, a a responsibility to live up to so what i was saying was i'm like i'm like if you guys think i'm sexist at all i'm saying that the female cub and knocked the male into knocked the male into shape getting him to be everything he could be yeah. if that's so sexist yeah <laughs> and, right but um, you're right. It's just people trying to prove their point for whatever reason. They're taking things away out of context. I yeah, didn't reply to most of them. Feeling the need to be right about some things or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But uh, you want to take a break or something, or you are you good or? Um. Um. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, man. I just. 
Well, I was just thinking, you know, the, the Buddha was born uh, as a son of the king. Of course. Right? Yeah. And did exactly that, relinquished. Once yes. he saw how much people were suffering, he was actually like 29 or 30 years old. Oh, shit, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he was like 29 or 30 years old before he even like left the palace. Oh, wow. And saw the suffering, suffering yeah. of you know elderly, sick, dying, mm-hmm. and that's when he made that ascetic decision to relinquish uh, his like princehood, right, uh-huh. more or less, and hang out with his deadbeat friends. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's Nala um, being the being the kind of motivator or the the kicker in terms of. Uh, who is the kicker in she's this? Well, yeah, she's more or less the the half that creates yes. his whole. Yes, Or yes. creates the whole of the picture. Yes, right? Because absolutely. Because he, he represents one half, she represents the other half, and it's the two that work together that allow the kingdom, right, to more or less return to its Like, what could be more blatantly yin-yang, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Positive, so, negative, whole. Yeah, and so then that going to the Buddha, right, the pursuit of essentially enlightenment to complete yourself uh-huh. and right. return your own internal kingdom more or less to remove that um, worry in your mind. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but what happens will happen and I will be able to handle yes. what yes. happens. Yes. It is not necessarily about predicting the discrete point in time at which things will happen Unless because there control. are no discrete points in time. Right, and so you want to return your kingdom, your kingdom in the heart, as mm-hmm. God says in the Bible, right? Yes. The kingdom of heaven is in the heart of man, mm-hmm. right? And so, again, if you don't take these books so literally, <laughs> they're actually really useful. Exactly. And it's just about not believing it's historical. Use use this. Yes. <laughs> and yes. This. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. And so it's like, you want to return your kingdom to a stable state. You have to kind of grapple with this, but be able to let go of control, because you can't control a discrete point in time. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? You, you never can, could. You can do all you want to try to, but I guarantee you, you will never fully be able to control nature, because yes. you will never be able to stop a tornado, right? <laughs> or stop a hurricane, right. or right. stop an earthquake, right. or stop an asteroid. Or stop a supernova, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, we can build transistors and we can build semiconductors and we can make fancy computers and we can, you know, calculate things and we can develop space travel as a result of that. Cool. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help us when we want to. But you're just a servant in a large sea. You're not yeah. master of it by any stretch. You're not master of the ocean when the ocean is the entire universe. Right. Right. And so it's yeah. Well, was it? I'm gonna say about that. The um, I was just I was totally on a train of thought there. Um, talking about okay, the universe and can you? What were the last parts you said? It put me back on the track. You were saying. Um. You forgot too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's see here. The literal and Where don't take it so seriously, and the, and the heart and um. Kingdom of heart is kingdom of heaven is in the heart of man. If you want to return your kingdom to a stable state, you need to okay. stop trying I to control it. such I discrete points. Yes, of yes, time. yes. I got it. So, um, I, I remember, I'll never forget. I had like a pivotal moment sometime in like my senior year in high school, and I was like this not a 
attachment thing. I'm like, that's, that's, I heard about that. I'm like, that's, I bet that's important. I'm like, I should work on that. <laughs> and I started doing funny stuff like living a very minimalistic lifestyle. Like I would like gut my room. I would, I, and I realized I was like, I was Marie Kondoing my room before she even came around. I would look at stuff and I'm like, do I need this? I'm like, I forgot I had this. I must not need it. I must not like it. And I get rid of it. And, um, and then I started getting into photography and I'll never forget one of the first photo shoots I did where I had a model, like, and I was like the photographer and I wasn't, and you always probably knew me as a photographer cause I always came with the camera everywhere, like in the CSUN trips and all that. Yeah. But, like that was very learned at one point. And I was actually still quite fresh at it when you first met me with it. I was like just a year or so into it. And, um, if that, and, um, I remember I was planning my first photo shoot out trying to get everything perfect and, and I realized very quickly, I'm like 99% of my plans went out the window and just the organic flow of it yeah. was so much better. And af after that point, I would just make a point of, I would have a general idea. I would let the model know, like, it's kind of what I'm thinking. Are you on board? Do you have any ideas? And I would, and I, and I knew the second they showed up to the door and I saw them, what they brought, their vibe, just the general energy of the day. I'm, and it, I knew once that happened, I would know exactly what to shoot in that moment. And right. because you don't need to control it. And I think once you have a few wins under your belt of, oh, I let go and things turned out fantastically, yep. is you can finally start to trust it a little more yeah. gratuitously. Because you'll start to learn how the the wave is riding. Yeah. More or less. It's, uh -huh. it's like you... Um, You can take reason to the ends of the earth. Oh, yeah. But at some oh, point, yeah. you have to take a leap of faith. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so we can take reason and science as far as we want down into the angstrom scale of <laughs> particle physics <Yeah>. <laughs> and analyze the gluons interacting with the quarks and forming the protons and all that stuff. Right, exactly. How far are you going to peel that onion? How yeah. far you want to peel the onion? Yeah. yeah. And at some point, though, you're taking a leap of faith in yes. that you're either believing in the science, because most people don't study particle physics. I'm going to take a guess at that. I'm going to yes. assume that most people don't study particle yes. physics. Yes. Uh -huh. And so the people that, you know, believe in the science are kind of taking a leap of faith, unless they themselves study well, that's true physics. yeah exactly unless you really know the nitty-gritty you're well, you're trusting you're trusting the <laughs> fact that the scientists are right mm -hmm. and if that gives you more security than the word god does by all means yeah but the <laughs> difference between the two as far as <laughs> yeah, a right. belief goes <laughs> right uh is a word right right one right. science and one is god that's a really good way to look at it that's so true. Yeah. Now, and people throw around the word quantum physics so frivolously. I oh, hate yeah, it. Dude. I hate it. I, yeah. I love quantum physics. I'm like, just because you drink like kombucha doesn't mean. This is mean a quantum microphone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or my favorite, Rick and Morty. I think you know what I'm going to talk about. They were uh, the, the Microverse episode. Oh, fuck and he, yeah. I and love he, that episode. Oh, yeah. God. And then he was like, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then like the spaceship was wrong. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, what's wrong, Rick? Is it something wrong with the quantum carburetor? He goes, Jeez, Morty, you can't just throw the word quantum in front of something and hope that it makes fucking sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is a, a very much buzzword. Oh, my God. Uh, because nobody understands quantum physics. Right. Ultimately. Yeah. Right. Because you have materialistic scientists that have been living under this Newtonian mechanical system. Oh, yeah. That has more or less relied upon the idea of a point particle. 
and be able to predict things in terms of how they move through space and how it flows. Which just happens time. to be a sphere for some reason, this particle, yeah, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> spheres are easy. Yeah. <laughs> the world of perfect forms, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so you have this idea of a single point in space that is moving uh, over time, right? And so you can figure out what position it's in. And so then when you study quantum mechanics and you get into quantum mechanics and you start testing out particles and things like that, and you're basically passing electrons that are in one prepared state because again here we are trying to control nature right so we're preparing an electron in a state we give it a state say spin up yes and we send it through a magnetic field that's not a uniform magnetic field and so there's changes right it's, it's got different magnitudes at different points and stuff like that pass it through and in theory we could say before that the state would be down. With quantum mechanics, you pass it through one time, it's down. You pass it through the other time, it's still up. Mm -hmm. And so that created this idea of probability, yes, right? Huh? Which removed this aspect of determinism from the scientific paradigm. Because up until that point, Newton and Leibniz mechanics were mechanical, predictable, this is what's going to happen yes. at this point in time, given this initial condition. Yes. Quantum mechanics, you know the initial condition, but you don't necessarily know what the end result's going to be mm -hmm. because it could be one or the other. Everything has a probability because it's not necessarily just two states either. Mm. The simple model is spin up or spin down. Right, and so you have, let's say, two-thirds chance to spin up or one-third chance to spin down. It's normalized so that the total probability it's is one. one. Yeah. Right? And that break of certainty mm. into now Mr. Heisenberg's uncertainty. Yes. Right? Yeah. Is a philosophical break in nature. Really? deterministic versus non-deterministic. Yeah. The thing is, it's only non-deterministic from our perspective. Sure, right, right, right. Because again, we're the ones preparing it in a state. We're the ones applying right. a, a, a non-uniform magnetic field. And then we're the one observing it as it pops out of that field. And not only does the field cause the state to change, the actual acting on... Yeah the particle in the observation itself causes that state. And so prior to the observation, given a actual natural setting, the state of an electron doesn't necessarily matter. Right. Right. It matters that it works. When we see it, when we need it. When we need it to. It's <laughs> flowing because, again, it's not an electron in terms of a point particle. It's not an atom in terms of a point particle. You study quantum mechanics and it's a wave. It's an energy level. Yeah. It's an electron shell. It's shell, a cloud. Shell, cloud it's, yeah, a, uh -huh. it's a group, right? And so it's not a point particle anymore. And not only is it not a point not particle anymore, it's thing. not necessarily <laughs> deterministic. Right. Because through our act of measuring and through our act of observing, we are altering it. We're perturbing it. We're changing it. And so you can then apply that to say like right, right. anything more or less. Yeah, right. How fun, more fundamentally you get. Because <laughs> it, 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 it can go back into the three phases. 
Mm-hmm. You have your work face, you have your love face, and then you have your face you don't show anybody. Yes, uh-huh. yes, 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 yes. Right? You've got different states, and depending on who's observing those states, you're going to be in one state or the other. That's a, wow, damn. He just ninja that idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I've thought about things like this for a minute. <laughs> so, because it, it's, it is that. Yeah. More or less. I do it myself way too much. I When you try to observe your own thought. No, fuck. <laughs> right? Yeah. You try to observe your own thought. Why don't I just think that? Right. Does it, you know, you, you perturb it. But thoughts. at yeah. the same point, in order to cause a thought to change, uh-huh. you have to observe it. Yes. Uh-huh. Right? Unless there's no external force. Right. I disagree with your thought. Here's why I'm going to try to change it. Right, that's it. I'm going to perturb There's your thought. I'm, yeah. obser- I'm observing the, your thought. The ripple yeah. in the field. Right? And so this creates arguments and all sorts of stuff. But the, uh, yeah. <laughs> but the idea is that this observation can, in terms of a human nature aspect of it, yes. Um, if you're observing yourself mm-hmm. and you're honest with yourself in that observation, your three masks, your three phases go away. Right, because, because you, you've collapsed it into a state, yeah, is that what you're saying? In a sense, yeah, because you are always operating under the fact that you are watching you, you are responsible for you, and in that conditioned observation, because we live in a society, you're going to kind of think that, all right, I'm acting this way, why should I act any different out there? If I'm living in a natural society where it's a healthy, functioning society, why do I need to act any different between when I'm at home and when I'm at work? Right. Why do I really need to change who I am mm-hmm. in order to leave my house? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why people don't like to leave their house. If, I think most people, I want to say don't, but they would. Well, there's, there's nothing like home. Yeah. Most, so I don't know. You, nothing like your own you, bed. So you can like read a lot house. of profiles about people online in terms of like social media and dating yeah. apps and stuff like that. A very common thing I've I've read oh, yes, in right. terms of how people will describe themselves. I like indoors and outdoors. I am both introvert and extrovert. <laughs> I like to do things and not do things. Really? <laughs> I like to breathe. I like to inhale and exhale. Yeah, exactly. oh, I like to open my eyes and close my eyes. <laughs> uh, you know, I like to chew my food and sometimes digest it. To me, I that's just know? perhaps that's a testament of of high agreeableness more than anything. Right. I, I like both, so I'm not this or that. Whatever you want me to be, I'm down for anything, anytime. And then my question is, who are you? Right. What is your identity? Right. Right. You're, we're so fragmented. Mm-hmm. We're trying to appeal to everybody. Yeah. We forget that you know, like, uh, who exactly are you? And at the same time, don't be afraid to just say, I'm a blacksmith. Because this is actually the first time in kind of human history where we've had this option. You know what I mean? 200 years ago, you were born into a life. Right, right, right. And you're like, I'm born on a a farm. My dad is a farmer. I am a farmer. Period. I'm born into a blacksmith family. My dad is a blacksmith family. His his dad is a blacksmith. I'm a blacksmith. I'm going to be here my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time in the past hundred years where we have not only the option to not be a blacksmith, we have the option to leave the country. Right. Like, like in a few hours. Or hours, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wherever yeah. you want to go. And go anywhere, given you got the money. Right. right? So that's the kicker. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea 
it's even an present, option. The, this, yeah, this option that we have now been presented with, we're essentially caught on this point where we're now staring into an infinite void of infinite possibilities. Of course, yeah. Right? So what do we choose? How do we identify ourselves now? Because we're not born into this narrative where I'm this because my parents are that, and so I'm going to do that for That's the rest amazing. of my life. That's amazing. We have the option to say, my parents were really hardworking farmers, and they worked their ass off to get to where we are today because it is a we, we are a family. I'm going to go be an engineer or I'm going to go be a scientist because I want to not only keep improving, I want to maintain that hard work attitude that my parents instilled me with. And I want to help build a better society in a different way because again, a farmer, in my opinion, is far more valuable than an engineer. Mm -hmm. I need to eat. I don't need an iPhone. I can't eat an iPhone. I've tried. Uh, right. Not real tasty, right. Right. you know. <laughs> right. And so it's it it's not only being able to kind of reframe those jobs too, because yes. again, people look at farming communities and and kind of look poor down on them. Yeah, poor uncivilized. Oh, you're just a farmer. Yeah, what are you going to eat tonight? <laughs> you know, like I have a story about that. So I was uh, years ago. I was uh, my martial arts studio, and we had this new student come along, and he was. Uh, um, young vibrant um how do you say uh dumb kid and i don't mean dumb as in like like i mean you know just like a like a like a dumb teenager yeah exactly yeah, yeah like uh know-it-all kind of a yeah thing. a cupful and um and one time and he wanted to go into the military that was his thing and he was training with us and, and also it's important to recognize he was he was joining our tribe so, I mean, very much like any type of sisterhood or brotherhood, like, you know, you're in a platoon or like a, a, a tightly knit group of rangers. My, my brother was a ranger in the army, actually. And um, so that's a tight brotherhood that yeah. um, you're a guest for a long time until you're part of it. And so he kind of didn't get that. So he was kind of trying to get a little too close and too quick and everything. And the one time we were tr- uh, stretching, warming up in the beginning of class, and he starts talking about, uh, hey, so what do you guys think? I want to... Would you think that it is more honorable to be a uh, like uh, a special forces, a soldier in the special forces, than it is to be a pizza delivery guy? And we're like, okay. And well, first of all, he wants to be in the military, so he's like, I know what you want, buddy. You're trying to tell us, oh yes, you are so honorable and venerable for wanting to be this 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 uh, courageous warrior as opposed to this dumb pizza guy. Yeah. And um, we just ripped him a new one verbally. Yeah. It was like, and especially the school I trained, it was very traditional type of philosophical, strict place. And Any martial arts place where their stuff is going to shut that kind of thinking down. Oh, God. Yeah. And especially because he was the beginner, he was like the, the, the yellow belt. And the rest of us are like black belt, red belts are blood, but mostly black belts. And um, and to me, and, and, and that's, uh, that's like, you know, the, the second the ego walks into a martial arts school, if it's really a martial arts school, they squash that right away. Yeah. And um, we were telling them, like, you know, so what's so dishonorable about that? If that individual uh, delivering pizza is doing it for his family, doing it honorably, maybe that is his path in life for whatever reason that is. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. And I actually had another, he would want to go to the gym with me sometimes. And it was, it was, it was almost hilarious because, you know, I was lifting weights for a while. I'd, I'd I was not only lifting a ton, but I was strong, and he just never really lifted weights. So I would put on a ton of weight on bench press, and then he'd try to do the same. And I'm like, I'm like, you need to take some off. You you can't do that yet. He goes, No, let me try. And he like couldn't get it up, and then he just went like, oh. 
I just feel like shit that I'm not so strong. And he was like really down on himself that he couldn't like bench 150 yeah. his first day. Yeah. And um, then the other time at the gym, this was a real kicker. This is where I kind of got in his face. He was a beginner. He, he sucked at martial arts. Sorry, he sucked. It, and especially because he he'd just gotten there. You're not supposed to be good the first six months. You're not supposed to be good for the first year. And there was some dude at the gym like doing these kicks on a bag and they were like whatever kicks he was just kind of screwing around this and he was like this kid was it was a nice kid it was like it was fun he was kind he was just kind of dicking around on the bag and he goes up to this guy he goes hey watch this and he's like hey man those that that kick was really cool man i wouldn't i wouldn't want to get in your way he's like winking back at me i'm like He's like, that was really strong, man. Like, you're, you're, you're a real force to be reckoned with. And he's like, yeah, that was kind of funny, wasn't it? And I'm like, you piece of shit. If Master was here right now, he would have kicked your ass. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Do you think your kicks are much better than his? That kind of shit. Where, why did I even bring that up? Um, I, I mean, that was a, basically a story in Ego. What were we talking about? Holy shit. <laughs> uh, let's see. Because I said I have a story about that. That's where I started that. I have a story about that. We must have been talking about ego. Us thinking that we're the masters of the universe and... Right. Masters of nothing. (laughs) I know nothing. When we... Yeah, it was something about when we... Oh. Yeah, that that we're more or less not... Man, not masters. I don't know. You know, I'm trying, we know I'm nothing. To find it. Most people <laughs> want to. I like this. I like that. I like to stay indoors and outdoors, and something you find common. And yeah, and then no identity. Um, appealing to everybody. Well, okay, about that no identity thing. So what we were saying about um, you trying to just be part of everything when you don't have that identity yourself, you can't just say no to something and oh, being okay with being a black. Okay. This was being okay with being a blacksmith. There we go. Yeah. And yes, then, so and the a pizza farmer. Yes. Yeah. Is, okay. Yeah. Okay. So the farmer. Uh, yes, yeah. Okay, yes, there, yes. It is. <laughs> there we go. All right. So Found yeah. the particle. Right. But, but that's it. This kid was so, yes. How important is that? These, these jobs that we don't give credit to of, of the farmer of the, uh, and that's another martial arts thing, uh, chop wood and carry water. That's what it is. It's like, that's just what you do. For whatever reason is, you go to the forest, chop your wood, fill your buckets with water, carry it back. That's your is. That's your zen. That's your, you're not trying to be this. You're not trying to be that. You are who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And there's honor in that. Even the Bhagavad Gita would say that. Better is the duty of a man, though devoid of merit, than the duty of another fought with fear. Right. That's a good one. I love that one. Uh, That is good. That is good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because it, it is it is kind of um, reframing it in terms of how we look at people, but also getting people to kind of look at themselves a little better too. Because it it's you, it, it also relates into that idea that you don't really have a corporation without the janitors. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. You don't yes, have yes, yes, you don't yes, have yes. a functioning society without the garbage men cleaning up the trash. Otherwise, we would have like human excrement in the streets. You know what I Literally. mean. Literally. And so it's it's the jobs that we don't really see and that are often you know treated as things that are cast to the side or lesser than us uh, that are the ones that allow society it's to the function, foundation. right? That are the foundation. And so shifting that kind of mentality uh, away from again that hierarchical structure of where the uh, 
ground floor employee is better than the janitor, but the upper management is better than the ground floor employee, and yeah. the board members are better than them, and the CEO, and all yes, that stuff, yes. and then the investors, and then the lobbyists, yes. and all the yeah. original, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, right. gets, it gets mind-boggling stupid yes. at some point, because your heart's beating, your heart's beating, your heart's beating, you're trying to eat, you're trying to eat, you're That's trying exactly to eat. That's exactly it. Um, let That's me, the let me, thing. Let me, let me do some math real quick. He's getting uh, enough money to eat and afford shelter. You're getting enough money to eat, afford shelter, and buy like 10 yachts a year. I'm going to go ahead and take some of that money and go right. over there. Or, you know, because obviously you can't just take money, right? <laughs> <laughs> Reframe it. Mm-hmm. So that the person who has that ability to make that much money doesn't feel the need to stuff it in a server somewhere and let it sit and collect interest is more willing to give it out to, I don't know, the person serving them, serving them, or the person they work for. Where does that come from? Where is this idea? Well, I mean, I guess you said earlier with like, you know, Genghis Khan and all these people and Alexander the Great, it's... Why hoard? I guess because they're feared. Fearful yeah, of so it's 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 uh, clinging to life, clinging clinging, clinging to clinging. attachments, and stuff like that. Letting and it then go. yeah, and then we we live in a capitalist society, and the goal of a capitalist society is ultimately capital. To gain. Yes. Plus. Positive. Yeah, and ideally, the way it originally was designed is that. Everybody can attain capital, so everybody can move amongst the economic levels, and you more or less could eventually not have poor. And you, it's yeah, changed a bit. Yeah, it's obviously changed a bit <laughs> because we didn't really expect seven billion people to occupy the planet. We didn't, you know, population poor pretty much blew up um, in the 1900s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it exponentially yes. took yes. off. Uh, and so we're by no means technologically prepared because, again, cars are really only 100 years old. Right, and, and even within the 100 and, years, how much has it advanced? Right, and so a lot of the stuff that is like really advanced today, we don't really fully understand. Yes. And then you integrate the... Everything else, gosh. Everything else, right? Because, again, you want a grand unified theory of everything. Right. How many variables the exist variables. in life? Oh, my God. I talked about <laughs> that on, on an old, old podcast. Yeah. I was like, uh, you know, the, the same 88 keys on the piano are the same 88 keys that every pianist since the piano has been created has had access to yet we still have different things all the fucking time so what are all the variables that consist of making a piano song you have the keys combinations the hardness the resonance what tuning i mean how yeah yeah exactly how many variables and that's just a piano and that's man-made yes (laughs) (laughs) right and so not only is it um, a not only are we in a, in a box searching in the dark, we're searching in a box searching in a dark and an infinite darkness. You know what I mean? And so we're, we, there's bits of light that we're trying to, that we're, we're seeing, obviously, and stuff like that. But we're being blinded by it, too. Of course. We're staring at that one light that we see because that's the only light that we see, even though there's another light over here just out of our peripheral or just in our peripheral. Yep. And maybe if we look over here, we could either find a better choice or we could find a point in the middle and maybe come to some kind of agreement where it's like, okay, you can earn as much money as you want, but you will need to pay out at some point to help support the society 
in which you exist. I mean, and and this is where you go into the terms like socialism and communism sure. and capitalism and mm-hmm. the the systems in which these were originally born from have been morphed and yes. twisted and are now these monstrosities. That because again, these words it. all have a lot of baggage with them. Well, they do. And the second you, you talk about raising taxes, people immediately label you. And like, I mean, yeah. without getting too political with that, there is something to say about just kind of sharing. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to, we're not saying, see also, I, I, don't, I don't agree with the fact that people just hate people with money just because they have money. If you're rich, you're suddenly, you're automatically a bad person. Yeah. And, um, you know, cause I know a lot of successful people that, that, that are wealthy and they work extremely hard. I mean, they work uh, e- even, even a lot of people who say they work hard at a nine to five or some of these entrepreneurs work exorbitantly hard, way harder than a lot of those people. And, you know, maybe they deserve the work, the, what maybe they deserve it. And there's also the extreme of people who just take absolute advantage of it. And just like any type of distribution, the extremities are where everything matters. The 1% that controls the, all the wealth affects it for absolutely everybody else. That one time you didn't wear the seatbelt is the time where you lost your life. So, um, I, yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't agree when, when people say just we should strictly lower taxes, lower taxes, lower taxes, lower taxes. And I'm in business. I, 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 I have a corporation, and yeah. Um, write-offs are a real thing and, um, you know, but I still pay taxes and, um, there is something to say about giving back to the pot and it doesn't make you weaker. It doesn't make you less powerful. And all these people that have this horde mentality, it's, it fundamentally boils down to weakness. It does. It's some way, shape, or form. They're afraid of something. Yeah. I mean, just look at all, all, all the evil figures in, in every movie or whatever. Your Xerxes, your Scars, your Jafars, your, all, all these people. They're always searching for some type of, like, immortal security. Right. And they're using it, and they're trying to get it by means of control and fear because that's ultimately what grips them. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um and they're they're pretty they're pretty easy to spot. Pretty easy to um, spot too, because you know, oftentimes the loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, so if the ones that are trying to draw the attention, like the guy that you were talking about, where he purposefully went up to that guy I to, couldn't believe it. you know, I, I would have shamed him right right there verbally. Well, I did. And, and so we went to the sun, and I was like, "You motherfucker!" I'm like, "Are you serious?" Yeah. And, and, and he wasn't even good at martial arts. Right. Like, and, and but it's 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 stuff like that where it it um. Again, we're we're born as individuals, but we exist together, and we only exist because of people, because of other people, and so it, it comes down to kind of keeping people like that in check. Yes, uh, you know what I mean, because you yes. don't have to necessarily like shun them, right? Right. right. Um, or call them a bad person because it's it is able to correct their thinking. Um, and the idea of like evil rich. Yeah, which is a real. How many thing. people are born into it? You know what I mean? Because that's a, it's a, it's another thing to say too. Evil poor. Sure. Right. There's a lot of poor people with a lot of vengeance, with a lot of hate for other people. Well, think about how the rich see the poor. The rich see the poor as more or less not human 
you know. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. the poor yeah. see the rich as not human too. So yeah. They're that distant apart from each other. So they don't connect in their humanity. Right. Because they they see the material differences. Right. It's like how good would you really compare your would how good do you I let me see, let me see. How good would you feel about your life if you never compared it to anything on TV? Oh right. Right. What is the bar right. at which your standards are set? It's what you happen to see on your daily basis, which is a lot less than what you see on TV and, and what you media. ingest and stuff like that. And so the stuff that you're taking in through the medium and the, I guess, underlying kind of conditioning behind what is being taken in distorts it. Yes. Right. And so you create that divide between the rich and the poor and stuff like that. But these things have always more or less existed because, again, the hierarchy. What you're saying is like whether or not, even though we're changing our perception about it, oddly enough, it's always been there. But suddenly it seems to be taking a more significant hold on our lives because we're just seeing it on a on a larger scale. Larger scale and a more, uh, how you could say. Disseminated information. Yeah. It's like through. it's being siphoned to us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing, too, is that, uh, like, art, for instance. Um, let's say before art was more or less paintings, drawings, sculptures, mm. and you would sit there and you would stare at it for hours and hours. You would analyze the details of it and stuff like that. And it was a patient process. Mm. It was a thoughtful process. You actually, you know, more or less like art sucked you into yes. it, right? Um, we still have art today, but we call it movies and shows and stuff like that. The, the difference is that that kind of art is not necessarily sucking you into it it's more or less pushing itself into you that's a good way to look at it because it, the light coming it's from your television is entering into your eyes right mm -hmm. and it's purposefully emitting all of that information coming from that television into your eyes and your brain is processing it and then you're more or less reacting to it laughing crying feeling and it's also explicitly telling you something. And explicitly so telling you a message based Not an abstract Picasso. That's very yes, different. Yes. And it, it's feeding you this information as opposed to you staring at it and kind of, you know, pulling information here and there. Or, or, letting, it, or, or letting it speak to you. Letting it speak to you, right. Yeah. In terms of just engrossing yourself into it. Mm -hmm. and so, Which is meditative. Yeah, yeah, and it, and again, it's, it's thoughtful, and so, it, but that that kind of is a a um, again a new development. And speaking of a new it development, is. a thought that I was thinking of when you were talking about the billionaire and yeah. how taxes and whatnot um, and sharing. Yeah. These new ideas. How new is that idea of sharing is caring? What do you think about I, it? I don't know. Do you think that was really just our generation? Because I think I'm sharing. Not sure. No, not at all. I think because that motto or that phrase, "sharing is caring." How far back could that actually that's what go? I'm saying. Yeah. I think it's. I think that's just kind of more of the norm of how society should function. I think that's just how it did prior to this agricultural industrial revolution. You could say. 
Uh, Tribes, just maybe communal living. Communal, in yeah, a sense, exactly. yeah, maybe. But it's, it's so it's an old idea that more or less needs to kind of be more reinforced, mm-hmm. right? So then that whole natural instinct to share, perhaps, could be there, mm-hmm. and it more or less just needs to be fed, as opposed to saying you're an individual who needs to acquire materialistic things in order to fill an infinite void that is never ultimately full by materialistic things. We, it's just the, the developed world is so materialistic these days. It is. It is. The developed uh, world. Yeah. Well, I mean, what? You know what I mean? Developed yeah. as a versus third te- world. Te- Hyper technological world. Right. Uh-huh. That's more, that's what it is. Because, uh, again, I, I mean, I'm, I'm semantics. You know what I mean? Sure. Devel- developed world. It's like yeah. the, the third world country. What's a third world country if we're the third world from the sun? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You know, and so, <laughs> and, and so, but uh, we're America, Europe, China, Russia are hyper technological countries. Yes, they are. They are more or less pushing this super fast technological advancement in the name of progress. Uh, but we're often mistaking the idea of movement for progress. Yeah, just oh, because yeah. you're moving doesn't mean you're progressing. You're more or less we're moving side to side at this point you know what i mean we're not we're not really moving forward anymore because we're stuck in this in a mental block yeah more or less we have to have a another shifting paradigm we have to have a way of kind of reframing how we're thinking about these things because it's not working out the way we've been thinking about it and that shouldn't be a new thing it's like the so right 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 we want this idea of happiness yeah we want this idea of content and we want this idea of peace. But these overarching narratives, these overarching ideas are just not possible. It goes back into what Paramahansa was saying in terms of if everybody on the planet became 100% good, God would destroy it. If everybody on the planet became 100% bad, God would destroy it. It's about this balance because you don't have dynamics if yeah, things are perfectly a, balanced. Homogenous, yeah, exactly. Right? And so you yeah. have to have this difference. You have to have this unbalanced sense more or less in that you are able to sense that things aren't in balance you know what i mean and so it's like you know that you are different from the person next to you but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't synchronize your movements right Right. you can't synchronize your existence there's balance in the dynamic of duality right you can different you have to move together yeah and and conflict makes things grow it's like the idea of communicative ration uh reasoning yes right you have to have the war of the words more or less as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another yes uh uh-huh absolutely in order for these ideas to become clear and sharp and precise and and better formed ultimately because every idea starts off again as just a ball of clay chaos yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, Chaos why, in the mind. That's why I really like uh, the whole Jungian idea of the shadow thing. I really got into that um, because, um, and I really look back at it. And martial arts was my shadow development, is what that was for me, because um, it really does make you a more wholesome person. And people would consider it as, oh, these are dark, ugly things. You should hide them underneath the rug. And it's like, it's the last thing you should do. Yeah. And it's it it is the other side of the coin that gives balance to everything else. And, and I would even venture to say me being in touch with that aggressive side, with that powerful side, with that perhaps you could even say vengeful side, 
gives you perspective to understand people who might be like that to maybe have compassion for them and to maybe help guide them when they are in those perilous states. And Peterson explained it really well in one of his lectures. He goes, um, you know, if he goes, you know, you, you might just be happy just by virtue of luck. Maybe you were born into a really stable family, good, healthy income and good education. And the second you encounter somebody that has a significant dose of twisted to them, they will consume you so fast because you have no idea how that dark side operates. Yeah. They will like a black hole will suck you right in. Yeah. And so it's very beneficial to have that, that, that balance of the good of the evil of the, you know, um, cause you, it, it makes you whole. And it's odd to say that severity is sometimes the right answer because too much good, like you're saying, there's no dynamic there at all. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's there's it's, no pressure difference. Right, right, and it's it's ultimately unachievable because you. I would think so. You you can you can remain content and you can remain happy, but it's going to be for a period of time. It's and temporal. ultimately, it will lead to unhappiness because a lot of the times when we're too content with something, we get bored 100%. and our mind starts to race. And when, or think about the next thing, and then, yeah, the next and th- relationship, the next job, the next place to live. And then that creates desire or desire rises as a result of that. Yeah. And then you don't have it. You desire it. You are now suffering. Yes. Uh-huh. And so that then prompts you to move forward take another step to try to achieve that happiness again rinse repeat Mm -hmm. right and so like you said being able to kind of face that inner self that self-recognition of i may not always be happy but i may not always be sad yes and i may not always be nice but i may not always be mean Mm -hmm. i may not always be serious but i may not always be joking and it's that dynamic that exists within every human being then if we're more acknowledging of that more kind of accepting of that in ourselves too it'll just kind of again give us another bridge yes to relate to people because there yes. are times where i'm just pissed as fuck yes and i'm like yeah okay i can understand how some people would just literally snap yes <laughs> you right. know because right. it's, it's a it's a toxic society yeah not gonna lie it is a toxic society and it is very mentally sick, very emotionally sick, and ultimately physically sick because healthcare is not free. Yeah, not only that, <laughs> so and then yeah. your body suffers from, from all the mental lack of, Yeah, right. And that's the thing, too, is that the mental and emotional sickness is actually far more impactful on the physical sickness. It's the core. Yeah. Oh, man. some I learned in the last few years how, how – and maybe this is a testament to just me being I'm really imaginative, very imaginative, very – um, I posted this today. You might have seen that it. it was a uh, synesthesia is really strong with me. I um, heard of that. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's 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 a crossing of uh, perceptual of sensory input. So like colors and sounds or something. Right? So yeah, Sometimes. there's different flavors of yeah. it, but most common one I have is like yeah, sounds and music just like immediately just produce vivid images, behaviors, colors, moods, tendencies, scenarios in my head and in real time. And so my, I could say my imagination is always on full fucking blast. So when I get really stressed for some reason, which isn't 
often for me. It's very rare I get quite stressed, but when I do, it fucking consumes me. Like yeah. I will lose an, my appetite for the entire day, for two days, mm. or and then the, and then three days later, my back will be like really tight, and it's just my body responds and absorbs it so immediately. Yeah. And it's all in your head. The stress, how you perceive something. Yeah. Why Why is it stressing you out? Why is it what stressing is you out? What is the cause of that stress? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because two people, and this is, I guess you could say, I don't think it's not really relativity, but two people could have the same input and have two very different responses. And it's, so what's the intrinsic reality of the, of the stimulus was, yeah. What is the the objective or or was it you? Right. Yeah. Is it, is it, is it true by nature or is it true subjectively? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or true culturally really. But yeah. 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 I was thinking, and I actually, I've been wanting to ask this like the whole time. So like, I've always thought about this. How do you define observer in the physics sense? What is an observer? And I've, I've, I've I think I might have posted this on Yahoo Answers like ten years ago, but um, I used to do that a lot. Yahoo Answers. <laughs> I used to answer questions too. I used to answer a lot of math questions for fun. And um, when we talk about observation it almost seems like a weak definition because people think of observing as looking at something. And to me that's like does that just mean I just ob- observed this couch cushion right but, but, but what <laughs> I'm saying is like if that's what observation is then is it only dependent on our biological systems that have no intrinsic uh, grounding with the entire universe itself where does observation ac- occur outside of a nervous system eyes and are you speaking of the tools in terms of how we actually take the measurement itself in terms of the measure the, the tools making the measurement like, like the whole Schrodinger's the cats thing like so, okay. if you are not looking at it, so what di- what is an up observation? Can an alien observe? Can a consciousness observe? Or is it to to me for observation to be stuck on biological capabilities is very weak. Has got to be something else. So like, how do you define an observation? How can physics be determined by biology? Oh right, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've always thought about that. Yeah, yeah. So an observer is kind of dependent on the frame that you're in right i can observe my thought mm-hmm. in terms of i can question it right. why did i have that thought right right and i can observe a microphone either by looking at it or i can observe this by touching it i'm still observing it i know it's there mm-hmm. i can feel it right just because i can't see it right but the context in which the observer exists too yes is well, just thought you were kind saying, that's just what you said, though, kind of further along in that idea is observing your thoughts. Well, how do you observe a thought? What's the perceptual mechanism behind that? Is it consciousness? Right. <laughs> yeah. And so is, is it consciousness? Is it, um, well, how would one define consciousness? Because, again, we're, yeah. I, we, we may oh, be, yeah. we, we may be uh, kind of falling into a, a trap, too, because subjectivity is not necessarily consciousness in as a whole, right? Consciousness doesn't just incorpor- incorporate your own subjective kind of perspective because it's not just conscious, right? It's a encapsulating term, right. more or less. It's kind of it's kind of synonymous on a level to, at this point with God, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and the self. And so it's, it's more or less kind of like a rebranding 
but <laughs> it, it's not just necessarily your own subjective consciousness. Uh, you are a conscious person in a consciousness, so to speak, or a conscious state. It's much more multifaceted. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, layers upon layers. It's like uh, your identity is at the core of who you are, but at the core of your identity is your be- is not your belief is your your spirit, right? Ultimately, is your purpose. What drives your identity? You know, why is it that you identify that? Because again, a two year old yeah doesn't have an identity. A five year old may think they do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or they're trying to establish one mm-hmm. by that point, mm-hmm. right? But what's the driver? for them to choose that identity Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so that point spiritually in a sense at the core of what we encapsulate terms of the consciousness well the consciousness at that level is not just the spirit it's the identity the belief the capabilities the behavior and then the surrounding environment yeah and then how all of that feeds back and interacts and cycles back with itself because we are primitive chimpanzees and despite having Newtonian mechanics available to us for 300 and something years the idea that things are linear is just false (laughs) yeah yeah right exactly it's just false yeah Yeah. Newton or not Newton Einstein more or less brought us into that non-Euclidean curvature he really did yeah right uh-huh. where we're not dealing yeah. with straight lines anymore yeah we're dealing with curved space it's and always so, where things get harder yep. yeah but what that brings into it again philosophically things are non-linear yeah things will cycle back it's your your present is not explicitly separate from your past right you know what i mean right. they are not right. mutually exclusive connected your present is very much influenced by your past and your future choices are also influenced by your past mm-hmm. and your present in terms of, I'm going to choose to do this right now. And okay, how did that make me feel? What is the result of that? What is the consequence of that? Mm-hmm. What is the feedback mechanism so that I can make a better future decision? Yeah, that oddly reminds me of this. And I was kind of ashamed I didn't know this before, but I was uh, there's one student I was helping in geometry this year. He goes to this private school. And um, it was an honors geometry class and um they touched on a lot of more like math majory type of emphases on topics that i wasn't really that familiar with so they were talking about like uh really getting into like to the logic and like the conditional reasoning like uh modus tollens modus have you ever heard of any of this stuff like uh latin logic i guess it's yeah. um yeah uh, it sounds like it's in latin like it's very it's p if yeah. not q then q okay. intersect p then yes then this one equals that oh, one like that like whole so symbolic logic de- deductive inductive reasoning and all that okay. stuff anyway okay. um so it was that and there's another one that they did was uh they started latin talking logic. about no, sorry yeah i know you know what i'm talking about that kind of weird stuff but stuff you don't see in a 10th grade math class yeah, yeah. and i was like hey man this is like the first time i was working with them i'm like I'm like, I know it seems like I don't know any of this, but let me tell you, this is, I was not expecting this in a geometry class. Unions and intersections and stuff, right? Like yeah, the, but yeah. P, yeah. P union with P or P intersect with Q and stuff like yeah, that. But yeah, but like much more elaborate. Okay. And, um, and one of the ones, it's actually totally different. Another thing they were talking about was uh, 
like spherical coordinates and I guess the the analog of a line in spherical coordinates is a circle and so as in I guess you, you define a line in spherical coordinates as a circle because it does this yeah so when you say past present and future connected influence that's exactly what I was, yeah, that's what I was oh, thinking right, yeah exactly because yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's not this just it doesn't it just end it's it's the same or I guess you can call it like a Mobius strip so to speak okay yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah so yeah um, I mean kind of building on that if you take take a line as just the shortest path between two points too mm -hmm. and you put that in uh, a spherical coordinate situation that line becomes curved yes right? yes uh -huh. and so it it's the shortest amount of time is not necessarily going to be the straight amount of time. It's like uh, mm -hmm. today when I was driving, yeah, my GPS was saying to get off, drive two miles west, and then get back on. Mm -hmm. And where I saw what it was doing, I was on the 405, mm -hmm. and it was telling me to get off, go over, drive over to the 5. And I'm like, I'm probably one mile away from where the 405 and the 5 merge. Right. You think that my getting off this freeway and me moving and maybe taking a shorter path is going to get me to where I'm going faster mm -hmm. as opposed to me just sitting here and patiently waiting in traffic, mm -hmm. right? And that is, for me, is a couple things because it's movement being mistaken for progress. I mean, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> we <said> earlier. <laughs> because yeah. it's trying to get me to move as though I'm progressing, but it's having me drive literally sideways to get on another jam-packed freeway yes. that I'm then going to just sit there and wait anyways. <laughs> All right. And so, and then it also is, am I really saving anybody time right. uh -huh. for that? Yeah. And all this energy you're putting into the system. Right. And so it's it's this the shortest path may not necessarily be a straight line. Right. 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 And so the the sh the If you think in non-linear terms, right. Uh-huh. I mean, right. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, you're right though. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> See, the problem the problem is is I don't I don't differentiate it anymore. Well, that's, the, that's a different level, yeah. Yeah, the, non, the, <laughs> the time itself and the nonlinearity of it is nature. When you say stuff like that, that reminds me of, uh, it's because I, I guess I'm like that in different ways too. I guess you've adopted that. You've um, unified those two mindsets by now because you're, you're with that so much to me. It's like when I'm, when I'm I don't, cooking or something, to me that's the same thing as another craft. I might as well be writing music. It's the same thing to me. Or if I'm cutting this and boiling that and uh, frying that, I'm adding some bass, I'm adding some reverb, I'm arpeggiating something. They're just different techniques for a medium. So to you, it's like when I, I don't see the difference between linear and nonlinear anymore. It's all a... Uh, no, it's not even that. It's that it's that nonlinearity is the natural part for me. Right, right. I don't see linear anymore. Linear is just a right. line. Right, but the, a very like the, small subset yeah, of a, this larger. I can get the linear from the nonlinear. Exactly. I can't get the nonlinear from yes, the linear. Right. You know what I mean? I can drive one from the other, yes. but I can't go backwards with it. We well, were talking about the forward progress for uh, mistaking uh, forward motion for or motion for progress. I just I was thinking of like just filling up nonsense in an engineering exam, like just pages yeah. worth of, and then just getting a fat just slash through that problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Man, I it can't. I I it was this was heartbreaking when I would take some of those tests. I would uh, I think I'm like, oh, this is genius. I take it all the way, and this happened like a good handful of times where, which you think about it, it's like the dumbest thing you could do. Where it's like I do it, do it, it's gonna work, it's gonna work, and then I get some like zero equals zero situation <laughs> because I plugged yeah. an equation into itself or yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was embarrassing. Yeah, and then you then. I mean, I just turn it in at that point. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, sometimes. I was a terrible student. Me but, too. And yeah. look at us now, teaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because, I, I mean, it's not like we went to perfect schools. Sure. We, we more or less learned what to do and what not to do. And we were very self-taught. I learned a, yeah, I learned a lot too. more yeah. on my own sure. than yeah. I ever did were in y- my seven fucking years. Well, I bet. You know what I mean? I bet. Even in, even in graduate school, graduate school just taught me physics. It didn't really teach me anything else. What was your and sp- even then, I just had to learn on my own for the most part. Uh, sometimes, this is where my goody-goody shows. I was Mr. Show up to every lecture. What about you? My first semester of college, I probably missed like a month and a half. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I couldn't do uh, that. So then I found out attendance wasn't mandatory. And I had 8 a.m. classes. I'm like, no way, man. No way. No way. <laughs> I had thermal at 8 a.m. By any means, I did not do good. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong. Like, the amount of work you put in will reflect. Right. Uh, it's just whether or not you want to put it in. Exactly. And I wasn't in that mind state at that time. You know what I mean? Hell, I'd, I didn't even pick that mind state up till after I graduated, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. I floundered for, for years and years and years and years and years. And it was, it was, it was, it was fun. And that's the point. That's yeah, what I learned ultimately right. is that college, we're, we're, we're kind of conditioned to think of college in, in one of two ways. Uh-huh. Party, party, party. Yeah. Or do work, get a job. Right. And do that for 30 years. Right. Right. Ugh. But you go to college to make it a better job. So you get more money. Right. right. And then you got, you know, a mix of both, which often is, is the case. And yeah. as the kind of, the, uh, in my opinion, a a more natural case yeah you know what i mean because we again we are dynamic people we can't just be the rigid computer always studying but right. we can't always be the the loose party boy right you know always trying to go out and do stuff because you have responsibilities you do to yourself and ultimately to society um because again you're not going to eat without the market Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not going out there hunting buffalo anymore. Right. <laughs> you exactly. know? We need <laughs> each other, yeah. Yeah. And so you help me, I'll help you kind of thing. And being able to recognize that. And I think college is just kind of a good place to do that. And it's also a good place. Uh, I viewed it as just the college field in general mm. as a very open uh, thing. Is. You can You're just right. walk into classes. It's true. And just sit down and just start learning. I've and just thought start about taking that before. I've done it so many times. Really? Oh, yeah. I, that's, how <laughs> I, that's how I actually started my graduate school. I sat in on all the physics courses a year before that's I so funny. applied. Because I was like, do I want to do this? And so I sat there and I looked at what they were doing. I'm like, this isn't that bad. And the professors, like, these guys just show up and they don't know who's who. And I mean, you talk. I mean, I walk up to them like, hey, I'm going to sit in on this class. You all right with that? They're like, yeah. Right? I yeah, I've only had one professor say no. And uh-huh. it's only because it was, uh, it was like a 300-level chemistry course or something like that. And mm. it was, like, packed. Like, oh, way yeah, yeah. packed. He's like, there's no way. Um, That's intense stuff. So, I do not like chemistry. Yeah, well... I just, 
curiosity. I, yeah, yeah, curiosity. You know, yeah, I just sure, go sure, in sure. just to see it. Because again, physics, chemistry, biology, to me, all work it together, is. right? And so I was trying to find out connections between them at the time, which is why I was doing this. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I've always felt chemists, physicists, engineers, they're generally of different temperaments, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. To me, chemists have, are always very, they're very type A people. I don't know what that means. Very I'm not a personality person. Oh, I'm a very personality <laughs> person. But, but um, they're very, like, one thing I couldn't stand about chemistry coming from, like, an engineering perspective is the whole significant figure thing. I'm like, oh, can't you just round it? It's this 3.297, 3.3, okay? Right, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And they hate that. Yeah. Now, and I do see the importance of significant figures, especially when you're talking about really studying things fundamentally. And um, when you're first learning it, yeah. you know what I mean. It's it's like you. Well, I understand why certain um, rulers are more expensive than others because yeah, the significant yeah. figures are important. When you have a micrometer, you spend five hundred dollars for. You want yeah. those extra zeros. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. important. But it, it's uh, they're 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 definitely different people that are drawn to those fields. Right, right. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about um, what draws one towards the other. My thing is is that I, I want them to stop seeing themselves as separate. Right. To be honest right. with you. Because, again, uh, 100 years ago, physicists, chemists, biologists, they didn't talk to each other because they right. all thought they were, they were the ones that were better yeah. or right or their yeah. field was superior. Yeah. And then quantum mechanics came along and was like, gotcha, bitch, I infect all of you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And physics kind of took the torch and was like, all right, we're going to champion quantum physics mm -hmm. because quantum physics literally, like, this is a quantum mechanical pillow. Right. Because without quantum mechanics, this pillow wouldn't exist. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? It can it can go that far, right. <laughs> but it, it's the quantum mechanics that give the atomic structure, that give the molecular structure, that give yes. the cellular right. structure. Right, exactly, right, right. right? right. And mm -hmm. then the cellular structure gives us the classical mechanics, in a sense. Uh. Classical mechanics can carry down into molecular stuff like that, but the exact interaction of molecular interactions mm -hmm. <laughs> right. is, is, is more or less uh, physical chemistry uh, and quantum, quantum chemistry um, which is an actual thing quantum, and quantum biology is also they're literally tying quantum to it uh, but yeah, they're the but quantum they're, carburetor but they're looking yeah, but they're looking at it at the in terms of the the reason they're, a, they're the more or less reason they're able to justify it is because they study the spin which mm -hmm. is the main kind of fundamental quantum uh, property that is the that enlightened us to the probabilistic nature oh, really? of it, right? The spin up, spin down. Yeah, I've heard and, of that. I don't really know what yeah, it is. I, right, they don't, nobody knows what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you ask a physicist what spin is, they're like, oh, right. why are you asking me this? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's yeah. the consciousness of a housefly? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, and so, uh, again, because the, the, the tempting explanation is the electrons rotating around its own axis, but it, it mm. isn't, that it's a magnetic spin okay in a sense but i don't think i think that's actually separate too um but either way uh again <laughs> fucking knows man it's semantics at this point <laughs> but uh it's the connection between the two and so quantum biology quantum chemistry like quantum chemistry uses schrodinger equation and wow. in order to understand electron shells better and things like that wow. and Quantum uh, biology uses electron spin to determine like protein binding. Wow. And so, That's awesome. yeah, and so quantum mechanics does impact these things on different levels. Um, 
it's just about now we are finally realizing that because for the past hundred years, physicists, chemists, and biologists have been talking to each other and have started to work together more because they now see that, yes, it is all connected. It is all kind of one thing. Um, whatever philosophical information you want to take from that. Right, exactly. You know, it's up to you. Pluralist can reason anything. Right. Right? Everybody's got a reason for something. Interesting. I've To me... Um I never knew that quant. I didn't know that that the whole quantum uh, uh, um, take on so many different fields. That was a thing. Biology and yeah. Yeah, it's new. Yeah, fairly, it like fairly it. new. Like uh, thirty, forty years. But it's it's yeah. yeah. It, it mostly just builds on the um, idea that because quantum mechanics is so fundamental to the structure of an atom, and everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That there's no way that it cannot. It's also yeah, impact yeah, from everything else. the cascading levels. The and so we yeah. can, yeah. And so the, um, the main roadblock to it was that originally they only noticed the quantum effects, I believe when the temperature was extremely low. And so oh. for a while there was the belief that you had to be at near zero Kelvin yeah. in order to actually have any quantum mechanical effects occurring. Oh. Uh, beyond that temperature, it was classical mechanics. Interesting. Or, you know, Isn't that why they try to have like a quantum computer so cold or something like that? Yes. No. Um, however, recently there was a paper that was put out a few months ago that said they have finally created a superconductor that operates at room temperature. And wow. superconductivity... And it was only for a brief moment, I think. But a sure. superconductivity more or less requires quantum mechanical effects. Okay. And so it, these quantum mechanical effects that we initially thought only occur at these low temperatures do occur at these low temperatures, but they also can occur in the center of the sun, for instance. Wow. Quantum yeah. tunneling is a very big part of nuclear fusion. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. And so in order to pass the energy barriers required for fusion to occur... Because they want to repulse, so to because they're, break that, they're, yeah. Oops, because they're, <laughs> because they're pushing off of each other yeah. and trying to push against each other. They, one of them will literally like tunnel through, however you want to visualize that, yeah. and then they'll fuse together. But wow. they, the, it's the quantum tunneling that allows that passage of the energy barrier. <sighs> and, <laughs> and so... Uh, and so those effects, those same quantum mechanical effects at the center of the sun right. and at zero degree Kelvin, well, to think that it doesn't also operate in between, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Which yeah, yeah. then... That's so funny. Yeah. Is, at that point, can be very easily distorted too because now you have, like, say, Deepak Chopra, <laughs> right? Who's now quantum mechanical everything, right? The mind uh-huh. uh, is, is quantum mechanical. Every time we forget a thought... Mm-hmm. Right, that's the, just the decoherence of the quantum particle in our in our thought process, mm-hmm. because the decoherence means that we are now no longer in a coherent state, and so the thought that we had is dispersed out into the universe. Jesus, how about that? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's interesting. Yeah, and so there, there's all sorts of takes on it. Um, whatever you want to believe, though, right? What resonates with you? Yeah, what exactly. do you identify with? Yeah, what, exactly. Why do you believe what you believe? What is the purpose of life? <laughs> Fuck if I know. Right. Right. What if what if the point of life is to just make your own point? And so it it's 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 
it, it kind of goes I into like this that. idea of, of absurdism, right? Because things are things are absurd. Yep. You know, I mean, oh, we're yeah. we're born into a, a world where we're not given any real understanding, and we're more or no, less we're just dependent. Like, All right, do this. Yeah, we're more or less dependent upon not only the people that we're born to, but the society in which we're born. And depending on the current state of the world, especially nowadays, because yeah, we're yeah, such yeah. an interconnected world, before it wasn't so bad. You mm. were more or less in your isolated part of the world, right. and that's where you stayed. Right. Uh, now, I mean, there's no war here. But on the other side of the planet, people are getting blown up. Yes, yes. But you know, there's a there's during the during the Gulf War, there was a paper, three papers that were written where it was like the title of the paper was the the Gulf War will not happen, the Gulf War is not happening, and the Gulf War did not happen. Jeez. And the idea behind that is that. The Gulf War only happened in one part of the world. Right, right. In all of the other parts of the world, right. it, it did not. It will not happen. It did not happen, and it is not happening. Jeez, because that's they're scary. so disconnected from it. Yeah. All we get are blips on a media screen. Mm-hmm. All we get are sound bites. Yes. All we get are fragmented images that have been twisted and doctored and all sorts of stuff between the original filming. Oh yeah. And the air. People, right. I think I saw the other day that CNN reported like shockingly low numbers recently. For viewers? Yeah. I think people are just going so independent nowadays. I mean, it's it's more or less it has to happen because, right. again, right. society cannot be a functioning society if it's stagnant. Right. And it cannot be a that functioning. That will keep it stagnant. Huh? That will keep it stagnant ingesting the information yes, that they want yeah. us if, to. Yeah, if you're just if you're just absorbing essentially absorbing the simulation or absorbing the coding, the propaganda, or the, the propaganda yeah, yeah. or the message or whatever right. it is, if you're just absorbing it and you're and you're content with it and you're never going to find that drive to change, then it's, it's just going to remain a constant static system and that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. It's easy to control. Right? And it is. It mm-hmm. is easy to control. Mm-hmm. Um, but without the dynamic aspect of society we wouldn't even be here of it without the people that were like you know i don't like this simulation You're right <laughs> i don't i want to i want to uh, change this hold on where let me reprogram this infidels. real quick you know what i mean and so it's the the people that came up with the new pol- political philosophies right that caused the enlightenment period to then lead into that individual rights period to then lead into the American Revolution and the yeah. French Revolution, to then give people individual human rights for the first time in human history where we have actual human rights written on a piece of paper that we did completely ignored. <laughs> no, I'm just... Right. But, you know what I mean? The freedom of speech and all that stuff is there. Yes. And the mentality is there of all men are created equal. Even if the guys that wrote it were slave owners... The idea behind it, especially today, can actually mean all men. Yes. For the first time in history. It actually can apply to all humans as long as we're willing to just say, all right, yeah. We're equal. Right. I mean, your chest is beating, my chest is beating. We may not have the same thoughts, but I don't see any reason to harm you over it unless you try to harm me. And that's where the kind of, I guess, acceptance of that internal darkness and internal light is. Because if you're one of the people that are, I guess, shunning the aggressive side, if someone who's aggressive comes to you, you're going to roll over. 
You will. Or if you're you one of, you know what I mean? Or if the you opposite will. is true, you're yeah. going to give in. And so it's that kind of nature that exists within us if we're able to acknowledge it then not only can we kind of defend ourselves but we can reach a mutual understanding yes. because it is a mutual respect that has to occur well because when you think you're only good you view somebody who's showing any type of darkness or aggression as they're bad they're the problem i need to get rid of them we need to put them away right that's a snake in the garden we need to kill right and mm. and, yeah. and so it's like how much tolerance do you have for intolerance <laughs> and at what point does your a good one. At, at what point do you become intolerant right you know what I mean because if you're like Nazis are bad people yeah we can agree on that yeah. right <laughs> they, they are very intolerant yes of you know Jews blacks whatever everybody else everybody <laughs> everybody's not a Nazi I guess yeah. you know honestly <laughs> they, seriously yeah. <laughs> and so uh, but it's at what point how far yes are you willing to go to try to convince that person to change that belief. Mm -hmm. How tolerant are you of their intolerance? That's and at what point one, yeah. are you intolerant of their intolerance? It's interesting. You know what I mean? And so it's, <laughs> and so right. yeah, you right. get that, that dynamic that exists. That's very interesting. You know, I was, when I, when I was, uh, first got into college, started studying physics and you, you know, you learned about the single velocity can be negative. What? That's fucking weird. And that took me a long time to get a whole grasp on the whole sign convention thing. That was that was weird. Wait, it's it's negative compression, which means it's positive tension. Like what? And um, it's like Gandhi had energy to do what he wanted to do. Hitler had energy to do what he wanted to do. They were just pulling forces in different directions. One was in the positive direction. One was in the negative direction. But it's still intrinsically energy. It's just what direction they chose to. Right. Direct it. And ultimately, even then, you did it because of where you're standing mm -hmm. in terms of your perspective. Right. But from Hitler's perspective, he pulled in the positive. Yes, that's crazy. And Gandhi yeah. pulled in the negative. Right. From Gandhi's perspective, Hitler pulled in the negative. Yeah. And that's why, like, every science, physics, math teacher worth their salt, it's like, define your variables, define your science. What are you calling up? What are you calling down? By so, convention, sweet. By convention, sour. Yeah. By convention, good. By convention, bad. Yep. You know, it's. It's uh, it ultimately is a choice because what nature is neutral, it's indifferent. I, if we're honest that, about it, that I agree with. You know, it, I agree with. the 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 flowers in the sky don't think that they're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I you believe know what that. I mean. They don't think that they're young or old. Mm -hmm. They don't think that they're rising or setting. They just are. Yeah. They just are. Mm -hmm. They just exist. They just. Well, ultimately, be right, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what. That's why I really like those Zen koans. You ever read those? The they're, oh, they're just like cosmological these, koans. Yeah, they're just these little riddles that yeah. kind of have no. There's a book. I got a book. I'll send you a picture of. Yeah, it's cosmological koans. Oh wow, you'll like it. Yeah. Yeah, there's just these, and I can't even really think of any right now. But there's just these weird riddles, and I, I think Japanese especially, they have this way, like haikus and stuff. And this translates to their anime, to their art and everything, sculpture, architecture. Japanese stuff has like this, um, there's, they don't follow a, a beginning, middle, end type of approach to things. It's very, just kind of is. Like if you look at Zen calligraphy, it's not structured. It's not orderly. It's just kind of this organic, just brushing of the moment and 
that's what was true at that time. Whereas, you know, you look at, I don't know, a piece of Western art, maybe like classical art, like a classical portrait. It's very structured, defined, has edges, borders, beginnings, ends. It's explicit and it's meant to express a thing. And um, like koans have this very inconclusive ambivalence to them. Yeah. They're not trying to tell you anything. Right. It's in that they're unsettling to the Western palate a lot of times. It's because it gets you to think. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it kind of just ends like, it's not the end, and then they lived happily ever after. It's just kind of like, and then they lived. Yeah. And that was the end of the story. And they lived. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, it, from, I haven't read the ones you have, I'm sure. It's, right. Mine were, like I said, there's a book called Cosmological Koans. Let's see if I can find some. Um, but it, it is very much open-ended, but it's, it's the it's philosophical in nature, in a sense. It, but it's it's geared towards uh, certain, I guess, aspects of nature. Because for me, it was it was like cosmological koans again is going to be philosophical in terms of astronomy, physics, cosmology, uh, and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And so it's that's. Um, <laughs> it just went. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let me see this one. It's very. riddles the right word they're like riddles they're oh, absolutely yeah. like riddles yeah they're they're meant to kind of open it up but just to get you to think yeah, yeah but it's like uh they're not meant you're not supposed to get them they're not supposed to be yeah. got yeah and so there's no s- real structure to it and i think that's probably might be why the it's difficult western of course because there's uh, no structure minds, the because the there's no the yeah right there's what is the every answer, western story what is the reason and stuff like that yeah Japanese stuff is always like that. That's why I like the, the art, the anime, everything. It has that oh, organic sh- nature to it. Um, I actually need to get going. Yeah, I was going to say, we should wrap <laughs> up in a second. Yeah. Dude, well, this goes off as the longest podcast. All right, cool. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's cool. You know, it's it, we often worry about our own mortality. Yes. Even if we don't acknowledge it, right? Of course. Uh, but considering the fact that we can still read the words of someone who lived 2,000 years ago. I think that the way to really achieve that kind of immortality is just write yourself down. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's what this is. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, I wrote this. I did this last time, but it didn't air. And so I wrote this a few years ago, right? Yeah. So touching on all of this stuff, life is limited, but words are immortal. Birth is like walking through the portal that opens the world as the eyes grow wide, not the two on the face, but the eyes and the mind. The ones that allow you to see what life is, the ones that are closed while you're a little kid. The older you get, the more you see how your life is meant to be, a true gift from nature given to thee. We're naturally born, we're naturally free. Unfortunately, you'll be chained by society, taught to conform and told to perform a certain way that's deemed acceptable. The media will influence those who are susceptible. The man establishes rules like we're fucking tools, controlled by an invisible rule that's completely cruel, controlling nature that's only for fools. We're thinking animals, we're sometimes cannibals, we kill motherfuckers like Hannibal. No remorse for those deemed unworthy, it's like we're walking through the desert, we're all just fucking thirsty. Dehydrated by the laws, convinced we all have flaws, taught to idolize those above them all, and one day it'll all fall. Hell yeah. <laughs> Listen on that note, man. And you just got to be there to catch it when it does. Damn right. <laughs> Thanks so all much, right, man. man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate this. Yeah.